Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're discussing Kindergarten Cop, released by Universal Pictures on December 21st, 1990, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, Pamela Reed, Linda Hunt, Richard Tyson, Carol Baker, Kathy Moriarty, and introducing Joseph Cousins and Christian Cousins, written by Murray Salem and Herschel Weingrad and Timothy Harris, directed by Ivan Reitman. So is this going to be the third episode in a row we're starting with an apology, or no? What do you think? Um... So I'm going to file this under, it's similar to you with Hercules in New York, is that it hasn't held up as well for me. I and, agree. That's why I asked. Um, so I was shocked how bad it was. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd go that far that it was bad, but it, my memory of it is a lot better than what I think the movie actually is. Well, here's, I think here's the culprit. I think I've pinpointed what it is. Cause, okay, when, let me ask you this. When you, when you, before you watch it again, when you thought about Kindergarten Cop, and you remembered what it was about. What were the scenes that you remembered? Uh, so, yeah. So, the, the scenes that I remember you know, are about the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie. Well, it's, well, it's, what, it's those first two days when he's the teacher, right? It's, it's, it's not a tumor. It's the little kids screaming. It's all that. The, there's a little bit of that. There's also the stuff um, as him, as, as John Kimball. So, there's a lot of stuff that I remember. I'm the potty okay. poop. I mean, there's a lot of that that I remember, too. But you're right. Most of it is him the first couple of days in the fish-out-of-water scenes. Yeah, and I, I think this movie is 21 minutes of very good stuff. And yeah. the reason why I say 21 minutes is because I timed it. <laughs> the minute he walks into the kindergarten class for the first time is minute 26. And then the minute when he comes in, I mean, spoilers, but... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's 1990, yeah, yeah, it's more than okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I know we're jumping ahead, but... Uh, the minute when he walks in with the whistle, the whistle. and he start, that's minute 47. Those, the time in between those two moments are great. Yeah. And I, I know you're coming from with the opening stuff, which is okay, but it's, you know, it's okay. Everything after minute 47, death. It's not funny. It's not, the drama doesn't work. It's, I mean, the movie just falls off a cliff. I mean, I really don't think, I, I was surprised at how quickly that, the him being overwhelmed, and like, I thought like that was the whole movie, is my memory of it. Yeah, I mean, I... It's barely a half the movie. I, my memory was that it wasn't, I don't think I thought it was as much as you thought, but I didn't remember there as much of the post-deputy trainees. I didn't remember there being as much. When you then finally got to what I think was... You know, maybe the most controversial at the time is the ending. You know, it's pretty violent. Um, it is rated PG thirteen, which I was surprised about. Yeah. So you know, the, I just didn't remember there being as many dates, maybe between Penelope Ann Miller's character and and Arnold. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of time there, and I. I'm hesitant to say that it's bad, but it's not good. It's not funny. Let me put no. it that way. Like in my mind, this is a comedy, and it's not. I mean, if if you categorize it that way, the goal of a comedy is to make you laugh, laugh. and this movie fails completely. I'll say this: that it's a light comedy, and because of that, it's a light failure. If that makes yeah. sense, you know what I mean? Like they're not trying that hard. It's not like it's not painful to watch. Like oh, they're really trying to be funny, and it's not funny. It's no. just they're only kind of trying to be funny, and it's it's still kind of charming. And yeah, the date stuff and the kind of romantic uh, comedy piece, it's fine. The the stuff that I don't understand why there's so much of it is 
there's all there's all kinds of stuff about they're, they're preparing for the you know the, uh, the Abe Lincoln yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's like we don't need this much like his arc of becoming a good teacher is over if if that's not important to the story anymore then you know then don't Cut it. just leave, you know make it about his romantic make make it about their relationship and about the kid being in danger. We don't need all this stuff about uh, you know the Gettysburg Address. Like, why yeah. is this so much of this stuff? Anyway, we're, we're ju- we've jumped all the way to the end. Of yeah, the we're pretty much done. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I just can't believe how unfunny this comedy is. Yeah, no, I, and uh, maybe it's the label that it, it is a comedy, but it. W- I think too, what I had to put myself back in this p- perspective is that it still was pretty impressive because it it was. Good at the time, and still, I think, good to break what Arnold's mold was, right? And I still think it's yeah. effective at that. I do think you're right. that The stuff that, it, when it doesn't work, it's not terrible train wreck not work. It's just not good. There's one exception. There is one train wreck character, and it is, what's her name's fiancé? Oh, yeah. I actually had for, completely forgotten about I know, him. me too. I mean, that's, seriously. That's I, a train wreck. It is a train wreck. I, I Honestly, when I was watching it, like, did I have an edited version as a kid? Because I, I didn't remember that character at all. Yeah, I mean, boy, I mean, there's no reason to remember it because it's certainly not funny. No, but, uh, he, he, we'll, and we'll, that we'll, was one of the. You're right. That is one of the ones where they were trying to be funny and it it didn't work. That's the only time. But, yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I I'm being more critical than you, and I probably shouldn't be because it's inoffensive. Like, this is not a movie that deserves being angry about. No. So, like, I you know, I shouldn't be like, how dare this movie not be funny? Like, whatever. It's it's fine. It's inoffensive. It's just not funny. No, I, well, the, there's parts that are, but overall, you're right, it's not. And it's the same thing that I think you had on Hercules in New York was that you had an idea in your head, right, of what it was. And I, I don't it's, know if I'd say that I outgrew Kindergarten Cop. I, I don't know if if that's fair, um, but it wasn't what I remembered. And so, in, in many ways, I I'm really glad that we're doing this podcast because some of them I I forgot. In some ways, how much I really enjoyed Last Action Hero and really going back through yeah. and, and watching it over again with a fine tooth comb, I've appreciated it more. Where then on this, it's like, yeah, I, I have a memory of this that Kindergarten Cop isn't. It is similar to Hercules in New York in that the parts that are good are really good and yes. I, really, I still really do enjoy. This movie at least has the courtesy of putting them all in, in a big group. <laughs> So that you can just find that and just watch twenty some minutes and be done. Yeah, they're not cutting away to Zeus or you know, right. know the, the principal maybe is the equivalent. Yes, just the principal being like oh, John Kimball. Yes, uh, it does that a little bit, but uh, yeah, I just feel like I, I wish this movie had uh, gone a little because it's PG thirteen and it, it wants to be this sweet comedy, and I feel like it would have benefited from being a little more, a little edgier. Like, you know, I, I almost feel like he should have gone too extreme in the other direction. Like, the first two days, he's getting overwhelmed. And then, because he's a cop, he's just like, I'm going to crack some Take heads charge. and go way too far. And, like, reading them the rights or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be a dirty Harry. Like, that yes. could have also been funny in the yeah. opposite direction. You know, and t- it would have extended the period where he's not comfortable as well, a yeah. teacher and have a no- more opportunity for comedy, a different kind of comedy. Yeah, you know? that's interesting to Dirty Harry. Because, I mean, in a lot of ways, John Kimball, that's kind of who... John oh, Kimball, the cop, is. I mean, I, he's Dirty Harry. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, so, after Dirty Harry. yeah, so, I mean, in a lot of ways, you're right. It probably would have been better and, I guess, more in character for him to just completely overreact and fall back into who he really is instead of running and getting a ferret. <laughs> yeah, a ferret. We'll uh, get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But anyway, right. I, I, I mean, do you want to just... Uh, yeah, so I, I, just, I guess I'll end that I, I won't go so far as to say that an, I feel an apology is due, but 
No, no, no. It, um, it, it definitely is one where when I watched it in my notes, and I was feeling Hercules in New York the way you felt, was that I had an idea in my head, and it just it wasn't what I thought it was. All right, so let's dive in. Okay. So I have that uh, it opens up in a shopping mall, uh, a crowded shopping mall. And I, I, here's, here's some nostalgia for me. I long for the days when uh, shopping malls were actually crowded. It's funny you say that because I, I have not been in a shopping mall in probably three years. So I wouldn't <laughs> really? even know. Wow. No, Amazon. What do you need? Why would you never need to go to a shopping mall? Uh, I, I still have a soft spot. I don't know why. I, I love the smell of commerce in the morning. What can I say? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I, I've never enjoyed. I, I'll, I've been in department stores, but not. I've never gone into the mall into the interior well maybe that counts there's there's many many more like you than i think like me it's very similar to kindergarten cop and malls are as disappointing as this movie (laughs) (laughs) so yeah this is uh it cranes up to john kimball who's following a guy yes our fifth john yes another another john and uh, he's following a ponytail is what i had yeah and ponytail is uh we learn later his name is cullen crisp and he's our bad guy Cullen Crisp. I do, not, I do not like that name. How can you be a threatening like drug dealer, drug trafficker with the name Cullen Crisp? Everyone's going to laugh at him. Yes. Every time I heard his name in full, all, it just pops in my head. Can't get enough of that Cullen Crisp. <laughs> the idea that he's a bad guy, it almost seems like an 80s commercial of yeah. like, you know... Cullen Crisp, he wants to... He's, he's a, stealing all the burgers! <laughs> right. Or I, th- I figured it was more like, uh, you know, like he's, he's evading like the soggy police or whatever. He's, he's got to get the crispy, you know, uh, the crispy uh, cereal to the children. So he's kind of... There's Booberry, Frankenberry, Count well, Chocula, and Cullen, Cullen Crisp. Crisp. <laughs> I, I did mistakenly write down Coco Crisp a few times, and I had to like... Uh, Auto-correct auto putting Coco Crisp for you? <laughs> yeah, this name. I don't know. Who, I wonder why they would thought this was a good idea. I mean, I'm, people's real last names are, are Crisp, Coco yeah. Crisp being an example, but yes. it's like, yeah, it's not a threatening name at all. No, so uh, as he's tracking him, I just noticed that uh, Kimball pushes down a, a woman on the escalator when he's moving down the down escalator. I honestly thought it was the actress from Total Recall. Oh, really? Yes, the two weeks. Yes, to me, I mean, not not spot on 100%, but enough where I did go and look in IMDb to check, and it's not the same actress. Oh, but IMDb had uh, this extra? Yes. Normally extras are not in the credits. No, uh, it had... was it trivia or something? Yeah, no, I went and pulled... um, Oh, maybe if she was an extra, you're right, maybe because she didn't have any lines, she wouldn't have been in there. I don't know how you would verify that, because it's like... uh... I th- yeah, I didn't think about that. So I went and pulled Total Recall and then pulled up the filmography for um, who played um, Two Weeks. Right. And uh, it didn't have Kindergarten Cops, so maybe it was. I, the only reason is because the movies were you know, filmed basically around the same time. That's the only reason I thought maybe she was uh, a, a new Sven where she had a, a couple <laughs> of appearances. That would be interesting if he had some additions to his entourage yes. as a Two Weeks woman. I mean, if that was the case, he sh- he should have gotten her a better credit than Fat Lady or whatever her name, yes, whatever it, she was credited I, as. I think it is Fat Lady that she's credited in yeah. Total Recall, which is terrible. If she was in Arnold Entourage, he didn't do right by her. No. He, he could have gotten her a better credit. Yeah, and credits are rolling. I don't like this title card, like the crayon with the backwards E. Yeah, it's I don't a little like it. too too cute. I Just, agree. Don't don't get cute in your titles. Uh, yep. So he's following Crisp, uh, who is. Tracking down, like, he's got uh, some information from some tweaker guy. Yes. This guy knows where his his wife and kid are. Danny Uh, is the character's name. Is the kid's name? name? No, Danny is the character's name. The the, 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 kid, I mean, the the young man who is providing the information. Yes. Yeah, they meet in some back room somewhere, and uh, and Kimball's following him. Bowels of this shopping mall, and uh, 
his his girlfriend Cindy is gonna play. I have it looks like a box that would make a really cool fort, and then sure yeah. enough, she makes it, it turns it into a fort by hiding in there. Giant box. What was shipped in that box? Like, what, you, what is that mall selling that's that big? Thank you. I mean, I don't think you're buying a refrigerator from some interior store in a, in a shopping mall, and it looked like a refrigerator box. Who knows what's in that box? I mean, she's in the box now as as uh, yes, her sort of boyfriend negotiates poorly. Yes, she has some ideas on what uh, the negotiation should go like, and uh, does not give him good advice. Um, and he 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 clearly folds pretty fast. He yeah. he's not a negotiator. No, he's not. He, he, before Chris even opens his mouth, yes. it's going to cost you a thousand dollars. Well, well, uh, well <laughs> but before I, not even before he opens his mouth, before Chris even has time to like react, right. he's already negotiating against himself. I don't think the movie even cuts to Chris to like show a reaction. The guy's no. just like a thousand dollars. Oh, seven fifty. Yes, seven fifty. I imagine if you let this scene like play out longer, at some point, not only would he be giving Chris the information, he would be paying Chris whatever he had in his pocket. <laughs> That's right. That's how bad the negotiation would go. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's weird that this movie has this all like, kind of like drug subplot, but I yeah. guess this guy is just you know he's he's uh, you know addicted to something. Yes, it's not clear what, but you know he's just. He just wants. He's just trying to get some scraps, yeah, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he said he was, he was on like a drug run or something up in Oregon, and that's when he saw her, his the his Chris's ex-wife, ex-wife, yes, uh, which seems like a pretty big coincidence to tie this whole movie around. But whatever. yeah, that that was loose. But you know what? I it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess you could button up a little bit better. But really, all you really care about is getting Arnold up to Astoria. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter, but it seems strange to why even... It's, it's a coincidence you don't need... I mean, why don't you just write it that, like, oh, hey, Chris sent this guy up to look for her. Yeah. You could make it so it's not a coincidence. Why... Again, this whole movie is based on this coincidence. This guy's drug dealer, whatever, just happened to see her. Right. You know, there's millions of people in the country. You know, yeah, and, you, and, and I guess all the to towns that you could be, be in, but... Yeah, yeah, I guess you just have to buy it. I mean, she did only move one state over, so I guess maybe that's her fault. Uh, Yeah, so... He gives up the information, and uh, Chris decides he's not. Not only is he not going to pay anything. No, no, he decides uh, he he likes the price, just like Cook. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he likes best. He likes best the price. Yeah. So this is body count number one. I did like uh, this this whatever Danny. Danny, yes. He's, he's like, it's a nice, healthy place there. It snows in the winter. I had that, too. <laughs> I guess it's exciting to people in California, but take it from us in Chicago. That's not an exciting thing. No, I, no but what I didn't understand, Dan, he said it's a nice place for a kid to grow up. It snows there. How is that a criteria? I know. I mean, I'm looking at schools. I'm looking at all kinds of things for my kids. I can tell you this right now. It snows in Siberia. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you, you beat me to it, but there's all kinds of awful places. It snows in Antarctica. That doesn't right. mean that it's a place that I want to raise my children i mean whatever i guess this this guy just thinks i that's, mean yeah maybe that's an exciting thing maybe in some ways actually know that that was good character development because you're showing what the, what the drugs have damaged this guy to the point that he thinks that snowing is a criteria for a nice place for children to be raised well maybe he's just such a cokehead that like just the idea of that much white powder the, the, is like, what kind of a snowblower have you got us mixed up it's with? a wonderland it's like his equivalent of homer's land, land of chocolate the land of chocolate like, snow it's everywhere <laughs> So, yeah, this, he shoots this kid and dumps the gun. Yes, and then... Dumps the gun. Like why? You're, you're, he's eliminating that evidence, but not the body. Yeah, he doesn't he care. He doesn't do anything about the body. doesn't care about that. And Danny's girlfriend just runs in and starts screaming and, I think, like, pounding on his chest. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah, I mean, maybe she didn't 
see like she probably heard she heard something happen but she didn't know he was shot or something but you'd think she'd just run right away she hangs around and screams until Kimball comes by and handcuffs her to the <laughs> yes, body. which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that is that's a very uh, Clint Eastwood dirty absolutely. sort of a thing to do. Like, absolutely, and then he says, "Don't go anywhere." <laughs> that's kind of funny, you know, as as a kind of a pseudo parody of Dirty Harry. Yes. So after uh, Kimball is rushed and uh, handcuffed, I don't think you have her name yet, but her name's Cindy. Um, to to Danny. Yeah. We we then get. I don't remember. And I'm sure it's probably the case. I don't remember there being salon, like nail and hair salons inside shopping malls in the 80s and 90s. But, you know, we were a little bit younger. I'm not, and also that wasn't, I was going to KB Toys and probably nothing else. Right. We weren't concerned with the salons. No. And it, it is LA, so maybe that's a, a factor. That, that could be. Uh, I do like the idea because, uh, like, his mother is there getting her hair done. Yes. And it painted a picture to me of, he arranged his like deal with this kid around his mother's, his salon mother's schedule. Yeah, that is great because like she she I, I doesn't seem like she just happened to be there. He no. knew like, he didn't like run into her like oh mom like no I I completely take it as is that they drove to the mall together. She had an appointment and right. he just decided oh he called I'll, up his guy and said hey yeah. meet me at the mall Maybe, he's going to be there anyway. <laughs> I'm going to be at the mall so you know I'm going to arrange to. Have a murder take place while my mom is getting her hair done. It is interesting how this villain, Crisp, is portrayed as like a mama's boy, but it's not it's not a joke. Like it's not it's yeah. just like it's just what he is and it's yeah. not commented on. No. It's interesting how that that's something they didn't mind for comedy at all. Not that I'm saying they should have, and it's it's just it's just interesting. It's just there. Yeah, and it's so in two ways too, because they didn't make him to be Norman Bates either, right? right. So I mean he Yeah, it, either way. It, it's played for a comedic angle, but it's it's in between, you know, either way that you could completely overplay it. And I don't think they did it either way. Yeah, it's just presented presented without comment, as, yes. as they say. Um, yes, but he's got the news for his mom that uh, now he knows where uh, his, his boy is. Yes. Which, he's just taking this information as fact. Because this, this, this guy, whatever his name is, uh, he's trying to extort him for like $1,000. Like, I've got information... How did he know he wasn't just making it making up? It I mean, up, granted, yeah. he told him anyway, but, you know, I mean, I would at least be a little suspicious. Like, hey, I have a lead. Yeah. He's, he immediately not takes de- it as fact. Definitive. Yeah. That Danny is a man of his word. He would not, he's a drug user, but he would not lie to me. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, John Kimball's walking through the mall with his gun with a, drawn. <laughs> kid, that's... Man, that watching this movie in 2016, yeah. that stands out. Yeah, it, I mean, it really does. And I mean, in a lot of ways, we've kind of noted on a bunch of different episodes. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that has changed, and unfortunately, not not for the better. Um, but yeah, that, that's ve- it was very very stark when when watching in in 2016. Yeah, it's weird that no one out in the hall hallway is reacting, but yeah, it comes court, in. Right. Yeah, that's when everyone screams. Everybody in the salon screams. <laughs> so. But to to, uh, to the 1980s, 1990s defense, there were plenty of mall cops that are able to swarm very quickly. <laughs> Do you think these are mall cops? Because they have guns, right? Mall yeah. cops wouldn't have guns. I don't think mall cops are supposed to have guns, but there's no way they would have gotten there fast enough yeah, if they weren't true. mall cops, so they have to be. Wow, that's some, those are some serious mall cops. Yes. Uh, this must be a very high-end mall with a lot of expensive things that could be stolen. I where, guess so. Whatever's where, in that box must be yeah, <laughs> like gold. Maybe the Ark of the Covenant. Was you know it? what? It, well, the Ark of the Covenant, what I was going to say is maybe Marcellus Wallace, maybe he had the original delivery was inside that giant box and then just... For deceit, right? And oh, then it the, fits the, in a briefcase. The briefcase? Yes. 
Maybe, maybe there are like a million briefcases like that. They're all they all have magical lights in them. Yes. Uh, yeah, maybe if you're right, maybe the box was filled all the way to the top with a bunch of magical briefcases. Maybe that's what was in there. Right. As a you know, well, I was going to say John Travolta has a big lot of work cut out for him to get all those briefcases back, but actually he doesn't. No. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, whoever these cops are, they swarm in, and he's got to keep telling them. And he's a cop. He's Thank Detective John Kimball. Thank you. So uh, th- this immediately gets us to this is the beginning of the Arnold boards because there's so much just from this scene that was used over and over in those Arnold boards. Yep. And uh, so since hey, they're, they're I'm not, a police officer. Since, I'm a cop, you idiot. Since there are not a lot of things to count, uh, I'm counting things that ended up on the Arnold oh, soundboard. Which fantastic. Right up here. So the Arnold board is still alive. I mean, it's a- an Arnold board. I don't know okay. if... Uh, do they have any ones where on this board where they made the prank calls? Uh, I mean, you can. You can just call someone using this board. I don't, I, I'm sure there are YouTube clips. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The ones that, the ones that were actually recorded that somebody called. Yeah, the okay. Gator Lodge. That, that's the one yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So here are our soundboards. Here's number one. Hey, I'm a police officer. <laughs> that's number one. And then uh, they question him. Someone else comes in and then... I'm a cop, you idiot! There you go. And then... Uh, I have Detective John Kimball. There it is. I have them in a row, too. I have all three. It's fantastic. So we're going to count these because, yeah, separately, you and I both knew of, of these soundboard prank calls. Yes. And I'm sure you could go on YouTube and look Find them up. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the Gator Lodge, for sure, is the one that I remember. But uh, there, we'll, there's, keep, we'll keep track of these since there's not a lot of bodies. I don't know if it was the Gator Lodge, but there was one that I remember, and, and maybe uh, I'll have to go find it. But that um, they they had called a woman somewhere, and I just remembered when he used the, you lack discipline. Do I like yeah. discipline? <laughs> I that's the Gator Lodge. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and the way he immediately comes back with, yeah. Do, <laughs> do I like discipline? Yeah. That, <laughs> I have to try not to abuse the soundboard. Oh, uh, just fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those are pretty funny. I don't know if I would find them as funny now because that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Similar, I'm, similar to how, you know, yeah. Kindergarten Cop doesn't hold up. Like, I'm not no. sure. But, yeah, I remember finding those hilarious in, like, the early 2000s. There, I, you, you, you may have outgrown those, but there's a part of me that I think will still laugh at some of those if oh, I go and find them. I haven't listened to them since then, so maybe it would be just as funny. Yes. Uh, uh, so what you then get... From uh, moving on, man, the, the, the entire sequence there, um, we, we just got totally sidetracked because of the sound. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, uh, you know, it's all kinds of material to be mined for the soundboards and that I mean, we played all three. So yes. we'll keep playing them as they come up. So you eventually get Cindy at the, uh, at the station and she's going to get the, uh, the good cop, uh, good cop first, but the good cop is not Detective John Kimball. Yeah. O'Hara. Yes. Phoebe O'Hara? Is that Phoebe it? O'Hara. And she offers the cook her dinner, which uh, John Kimball does not uh, cotton to at all. He's, no. very, he, he's very derisive of her offer to cook her dinner to, in exchange for her testimony. Yes, he takes exception to that. So uh, O'Hara is played by Pamela Reed, who uh, I hadn't seen in a lot of stuff, but uh, immediately came, uh, came to mind. She's actually uh, in Parks and Recreation. She's only in a few episodes, but she plays Leslie Nope, who's played by Amy Prohler's, um, played by Amy Prohler, her mom. So it had been okay. a while, but I'm, I immediately I'm like, oh yeah, she's in uh, uh, in Parks and Rec. Pamela Reed has been on The Simpsons, also, right? I think so, but I I I oh I think she plays. She's like the neighbor, the uh, Marge and her. Yes, Marge Thelma and Louise thing. Thelma and Louise, Marge and the Lamb. Uh, it'll come to me what what the character's name is. I didn't look it up, but she she did the voice a couple of times that character uh, 
showed up in episodes. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, I didn't look it up either, but yeah. I know I, the name. I could picture Pamela Reed in that Simpsons font in yep. the credits of an episode. Uh, yeah, and then we, this establishes that John Kimball's been after Chris for four years, yeah. which seems like a long time for a relative small timer. Like, you'd think at some point... John well, Kimball would be like, I got better things. I got better. Do you, do you think he's a small timer though? I don't think you know he's Pablo Escobar, but I I got the impression that he was fairly high up the ladder. I guess you never really see his professional life necessarily. Yeah. You're always is it the him. ponytail? Is is that the reason why you think he can't be that, that <laughs> maybe that high up? I, I think part of it is he kind of looks like a dirtbag John Ritter. <laughs> so like John Ritter, so, can't, I can't imagine someone who kind of looks like John Ritter being like a really high up cr- criminal, but. Maybe that's my my. I don't know. To me, he looks a little bit like John Ritter. Oh, uh, I I like that. So so this I, I provides the first and like good opportunity for for me to say um, I'd like to hear what our listeners think of what Colin Crisp does. Does he look like John Ritter, or do you th- and or do you think he's a small timer because of the ponytail? So if uh, if you have the opportunity and you're on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast, let us know. Does does he look like a a, a low rent John Ritter? And is he low on the totem pole because of the ponytail? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would like to get some feedback. Because you, you don't agree he looks like John Ritter? I, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just not <laughs> sure I agree that he's a small-timer. So it's, that's it's what I want to get some more opinions on. The, yeah, the movie doesn't give us enough context, I guess. Yeah. So it's, that's, it's hard to say. Um, but four years is a long time, even if he wasn't a small-timer. Four, four years is a, is a long time. Yeah. Well, and also, if... if this guy's like running drugs or whatever, isn't? Wouldn't that make it federal? But I don't think this movie really cares about it jurisdictions. But. It, it completely glosses over that. Yeah, whatever. I guess we'll just buy it. Yeah, she's she's still in the interview room behind the you know the the the, the why is that a two way mirror or is that a one way mirror? I, I've heard both ways. I don't know. Like it should be a one way mirror. I would <laughs> is it like flammable? It means inflammable. <laughs> really, what, a what a country! So apparently, two way mirror means one way mirror. <laughs> what a country! I mean, logically, it should be a one-way mirror, but I've heard yes. it referred to as a two-way mirror. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. I, I, <laughs> a two-way mirror is just a mirror. Oh, no, I guess well, I guess, I guess, both sort of make sense, because a two-way mirror... Just go with what a country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm following the logic both ways, because if you can say, oh, it's a one-way, a one-way mirror is a mirror. It only goes one way, because there's just a wall behind it. Whereas yeah. a two-way mirror, you, you, you know... Two sides are looking right, at it. Right, because they get the reflection so in that the make, mirror side. Yeah, so I guess if you could say a two-way mirror makes sense because of that. But then also, one-way mirror, meaning you can only look through it one way. Right. So both things could make sense. What a country. Yeah, it's whatever. It's a false mirror. So Cindy, uh, Cindy's not going to testify is really what you get after that scripted comedy that doesn't work very well. Yeah. Uh, and she storms out, as I, I recall. And, yeah, she uh, screams at the mirror, and I know yeah. you're out back there, and all that, yeah. and she leaves. And she leaves, and so uh, Kimball says that he's he's not going to make her dinner, but uh, he'll he'll get her to testify. <laughs> yeah, but what he actually does is not, like, you, you, you think, I mean, you do get a little bit of, like, the, the Dirty Harry parody here, yeah. where he, he drives to the, some, some, like, seedy part of town. It's like a crack house, but not really. Yeah. It's like the movie doesn't want to go all the way with no. it. Uh, but yeah, he parks his car and he tells some people, I'm detective John Kimball and I really <laughs> like my car. He's got a shotgun under, under a trench yes. coat. Kind of, he just punches his way into this place, I guess. He punches his way. I don't know if that guy's a bouncer, but there's some guys that really overreact to a punch because they immediately draw pistols and start firing wildly on him. Oh, up in the, yeah, up in the club, they definitely yeah. like start shooting. Yes. Like, yeah, they they do kind of overreact, but whatever. Oh, they like, grossly <laughs> overreact. Well, there's, this is the most like, pointless gunfight I've ever seen in a movie because yeah. like 
Nobody gets hit. Not even gets hit. Like they shoot at him, and then he blows up like a bunch of countertops and a fan, I think, or something. Yes. And then it's just like everyone runs away, and that Pe- was that. People are scattering, but whatever. Kimball says party's over. And what's great is one guy's trying to make his way and like run and do what he wants. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kimball just jacks him in the face, and the guy falls into a glass table and breaks it. I'm like, Kimball's such a jerk. Yeah, I mean, if the guy was attacking, it'd be one thing, but he's <laughs> obviously just trying to get past. He's trying to get away from this mountain of a man. Yeah. And Kimball just punches him in the face into a glass table. Yeah, this scene, it almost, it, it feels like something on a RoboCop or something, like or, or like RoboCop 2, really, whatever. It's like they're all doing nuke in there. That's yes. what it feels like. A little bit. I uh, For some reason, though, I will. I, I can tell you don't like it as much. I like this this Dirty Harity parody a little bit, because I like when they when they are scattering next time my place. I just really <laughs> like some of the lines in this. Some of it's okay. Yeah, you're, I, you're probably right. I don't like it as much as you, but uh, I, I would have liked to... Uh, it doesn't feel like an actual action movie. I feel like the movie should start looking and feeling like an action movie and then move into suddenly they're, you know, kindergartners and ha ha. Like, You're right. If, if you didn't know this was a comedy and you, this was the opening of a movie, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go, oh, this is an normal action movie. It kind of plays its hand. Like, you can tell this is yeah. a comedy. Yeah, it, you're right. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's, I just, I like so much this stuff because what you get after this, after the guy into the table, is you get uh, one, one guy. <laughs> One guy asks who he is, you know, I'm te- and Kimball just, he says who he is, and then fires his shotgun at yeah. him. Well, he fires it first, and then he says, I'm the potty pooper. That's a, I'm the potty pooper. That's another one that... That's the one line I like. I, yes. That's, you know, that's a memorable line. Yes. Yeah, and so everyone runs but Cindy. Yes. Conven- Cin- conveniently. Cindy and one, one other guy hang, oh, right. hang, hangs around for a little while, but, but <laughs> he's got to chase that guy away. Yes, he chases that guy away. Hi, Cindy. It's so nice to see you again. I like you, Cindy. I don't know why. All of that stuff, I like. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it, but it is kind of funny. Is I'm going to be around you all the time, days, nights. We, what I was waiting for was end of days. That's what I really wanted to be in this movie. It's not. He almost says it because then he goes, till the end of time. He does, until the end of time. And I so I have this in there. I'm like, oh, I wish you could go back in time and right. edit that till the end of days. <laughs> George Lucas it. Yes. Like, does he say end of days and end of days? That's, I haven't seen that movie since uh, it was new. No, I, I don't. I don't just lift it from the movie. Yeah, I don't think he does, but I always, every time I would talk about that movie, I would say it in the Arnold voice, end of days. That's what I wish. If he only he had known he was going to make a movie called End of Days. Yes. So apparently yeah, that's his strategy. He's just going to basically harass Cindy. Yeah. And it instantly works because you cut right back to the police station and she's ready to identify Crisp. So you've got the, the lineup of the usual suspects and Crisp is in it. He does not have his hair in a ponytail here. Yeah. He looks like Jim Morrison with his hair down. He looks like everybody to me apparently. But- <laughs> When his, hair is, when his hair is back, he looks like uh, John Ritter. When his hair is down, he looks like Jim Morrison. I do not have either one of those, so I'll be interested in what uh, our listeners... Maybe I'm ha- just developing like face blindness in my old age Apparently. or something. Everyone looks like everybody. <laughs> um, so Crisp is heading off to jail, and, my, and I have that mom gets a massage. Does she get a massage? Yeah. In, in the courtroom? Who gets a massage? Oh, a message, man. Do, do, me, do, me, a, do me a favor. Nope. Oh. Nope. That's staying in. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, mom gets a message. This is the problem. Here, here's my advice to if my kids. <laughs> like, who gave her a massage? If my, this is a courtroom scene. If my kids ever listen to this, p- 
please work on your handwriting? Because my handwriting is so bad. I can't read my own writing. It's just so bad. You've got to join 21st century like me. Get yeah. yourself the tablet. I, it's not no the, handwriting issues. Just spelling issues. It's one point. of those things that when I'm watching these, though, I like taking the handwritten notes. And I, I get it. I think on some of mine, I actually think my notes wind up being a little bit better than yours because I'm doing handwritten notes, but whatever. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're getting salty just by the idea, I am, the I, idea of me The idea of you loose. leaving that in is making me a little uh, right. defensive I'll, and salty, but whatever. I'll take it out. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, so, anyway, yes, his mom gets a message, and then uh, I have that we move on to that uh, Kimball wants to have a little chat with uh, Mr. Crisp. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess he, he wants to work his way up the ladder, but... Uh, it doesn't seem the, the, it doesn't seem like there's any point in roughing him up at this point. No. He's already been he's I mean it, he hasn't been convicted yet, but he's been in prison. No, and so this one I do think um your your point on making Kimball this tough cop. I think this one goes too far where he, you know, he's basically he throws him into a door and like throws him into the chair. I yeah. that this is where I do think that they're it's like all right, you know, we've already established this. You didn't need this. I mean, if we if you got more sense that these guys really hated each other. I think it would be fine. Like he's he's not doing it because he's a tough cop. He's doing because he hates Crisp. But it's like that's not really justified. He's just he's yeah he's I, investigating Crisp. But. He, I, that's the thing is that they they make this to be like Crisp is an obsession of his, and they exchange these you know stories about their wives. Yeah, all of this stuff is the stuff where I had forgotten about it, and this is stuff where I'm like, you could just cut this out, and I don't think it would matter. Yeah, you don't you never get that sense if if the dialogue wasn't telling you that he was obsessed with Chris. Crisp, 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 crisp. There you go. Now you've got one. Massage and not being able to get crisp out. I'm, but listeners are already accustomed to me not being able to talk, so Fair that's par, par for the course for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, it, it, only the dialogue is telling us that these guys have a history. Yeah, you don't you don't feel it. No, you don't. And what what I got the sense of of Kimball just watching it was that. He's just a cop that's committed to the job, not necessarily Crisp himself. From like the scenes previous to this, so really right. the dialogue here is what's giving you uh, that he's obsessed with Crisp. But I don't, I don't even know if it matters. And and so to me, this is the one scene where I I would tend to agree with you. This doesn't work, and I would take it out. I think you're right, though. I think you're onto something in that. It's Kimball isn't obsessed with Crisp. He just has nothing. He's, you know, it's actually that's one of the things in the Dirty Harry movies. Is Dirty Harry one of the reasons why he's such a dogged cop? Is because he's got no life. He's yeah, got nothing better. He's nothing else to do. Yeah, and so I think Crisp takes it like he's so, he's kind of a megalomaniac, I, and so he goes like, "You're obsessed with me." It's like, no, he's just he's just a cop who has you. He, you he spends ha- all his hours being a cop. Yeah, and you happen to be the one that he right. hasn't been able to catch. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's actually probably what's going on. It's yeah. a one way obsession. It's kind of like uh, when there are two sports teams and one's really good and one's yes. really bad, and they're quote unquote rivals. Rivals, yeah. But the the good team doesn't give a crap about this rival. No, because rivalry. they're constantly right. Yeah, like the Packers have owned the Bears for you know how many years? Yeah, re- recently for recent sure. in recent history is what I'm saying is that I'm not sure how much the Packers really care about the Bears when they've you know kind of owned them for a number of years with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. As of now. Yeah, so what you you then cut back to that um, O'Hara is going to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher because they you know have good information of where the uh, the ex-wife is hiding. Right. Well, first they spend like 45 seconds setting up the gag that she won't stop eating. Oh, yeah. I I kind of glossed over that because this is one of those things that it's a running joke, but it's not really that good. It's a running joke, but it's set up 
immediately by saying she's hypoglycemic. It's not yeah. like, hey, wacky times, she's, she eats a lot. It's like, hey, isn't this funny? She has a medical I disorder. Mean, she has a medical condition. I mean, if, if that's the weird thing to me is they immediately said, oh, I'm hypoglycemic. It. If I don't yeah. eat, I get crabby or whatever. It's just like, no, don't put that in the movie. Yeah. If you want to make it a gag that she's eating a lot, that's the worst thing you can do. Yes, I, I don't disagree. Uh, anyway, but yeah, she's, you're right. She's going to go undercover. Uh, oh, and they talk about like their history, and he was yeah. He, he's from Austria, and then uh, his father was a police officer, and yeah, yeah. Which I think the only other time he's actually played an honest to goodness Austrian was in Stay Hungry, right? Has there ever been another time? Well, we had in Collateral Damage where he at least has the fake. You know, he he poses as a German, a he German. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't pose as an Austrian, but yeah, I think you're right. And in Commando, he's East German. Yes. And there are probably maybe one or two where it's not. I mean, there's plenty of movies where it's just ambiguous. Yeah. But like explicitly stated that he's from Austria. I think yeah. This is only the second time, uh, which is interesting considering how obviously Austrian Arnold is. Yes. You think they would have done it more often, but uh, nope. So they're. Uh, I have that they're on uh, Alaskan Airlines, and uh, at least in 1989 or 90, they uh, allowed three children to sit by themselves, which I do not think is a good idea. Is that not allowed at all, or is that just like... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's not allowed, like it would be against protocol, but something tells me is that uh, the the flight attendant would tell their parents, no, 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 you need, you need yeah. to break these kids up. What if they were in the row that, like, you're responsible for, like, the emergency door? <laughs> they would not be capable of operating the emergency door. I think that's uh, safe to say. It's weird here how, like, this kid's kicking his seat, and he turns around, and the way to scare him is to snap a pencil. pencil. Yeah. Like that kid could do that. That's yes. not scary. I no. mean, I mean, whatever. He's just if it was a mechanical pencil, it would have been a little <laughs> more impressive. But it's n- it's not even a mechanical pencil. No. Did you happen to notice when when he does turn around and kick the seat? What what the kids are fighting over? No. What? I, you can't tell if it's a Playboy, but it clearly is at least like the swimsuit issue of Sports Illustrated. Okay, is what they're kn- fighting over. Yes, you refresh my memory. And I did. I did notice. I kind of laughed at that. I did and forgot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then flight attendant comes around. Did you, very noteworthy. Very attendant. noteworthy, yes. Go ahead. Angela Bassett. Yes. I I did not remember that at all. I mean, she wasn't... Well, I mean, the next year was Boys in the Hood, and then... Yeah. Uh, what was... what? Oh, the, the Tina Turner movie was probably the year after What's that. What's Love Got to Do With It, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, within a short amount of time, she was she pretty became, famous. Yeah, became really famous. Yeah, I mean, it, it is strange to see her in this nothing role. It's like, yeah. that's a very famous person. Yes. Like, like, a two-line part. But it's one thing when they're not even a child actor or if they're, like, a teen actor. That's not that surprising, you know, at least to me. Sure. But, you know, it, I mean, this is a... This is a major, I mean, it's an Ivan Reitman comedy. This is a big movie. It is strange to see somebody that went on to some you know, a really good career pretty quickly thereafter to be in such a small role. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Boys in the Hood, even though it was, I mean, in terms of screen time, she probably didn't have a ton of screen time, but it's a really, it's an important character. And yeah. it's, you know, she probably is in four or five scenes, something yeah. like that. I mean, she's out of the, she, she's the mother and the movie starts with, uh, I forget the character's name, but going to live with Trey. his father, Trey, yes. Going to live with his father. And so, but, yeah, I so mean, most does, of it's does. Lawrence Fishburne, but she eventually rotates back through. And yeah, has, she pops in a lot. So. Yeah. So what you then get is O'Hara gets sick on the plane, pushes past uh, uh, Angela Bassett, and uh, then you have this long montage that, as you said, it was set up, and you just have a different version of the joke. Instead of eating a lot, she's puking a lot. Yeah. Well, before we get to the, you're talking about the driving sequence. Yeah. I do like the the, the airplane sequence has a line that I 
I thought was one of the few scripted lines I thought was pretty funny. Where she, uh, Angela Bassett says, "Is your wife all right?" And he goes, "Compared to what?" Oh, I I don't have a note on that, but I do remember that. That I, is pretty good. I think that's a pretty funny joke. But yeah, driving and puking. We get the driving and puking montage. Yeah, it was. It was the only one that I found moderately amusing was the very first one when she runs into the gas station bathroom. And the only thing that was funny is the hubcap attached to the key to the bathroom made me laugh for some reason. Yeah, and it's. I, I don't think I've ever seen that in real life. I think what? that's only something I've seen in movies where like the key would be attached to something or like a brick or something or a hubcap. I I, I wouldn't. I've never seen any. I mean, I've seen them on like a long, like a big keychain. But never anything as absurd as like a brick or a hubcap or something like yeah, that. I used to see this in movies all the time. Yeah. Maybe, and, maybe I'm just avoiding gas station bathrooms. Well, so. we, we established as one of the rules in a crisis situation <laughs> that you shouldn't be in any public restroom. Definitely not a gas station bathroom. You're absolutely right. Although, you know, Oregon is uh, it's, it's beautiful up there. So maybe they take real good care of but, their bathrooms. Maybe it is a place that George Costanza would love because everywhere would be a great public restroom that's clean. Well, isn't Oregon one of those states where you're not allowed to pump your own gas? Ooh. So they're, maybe they're taking all that money. You have to pay. You have to pay extra to like pay people to. Tend that their that car. would be very very interesting. They're spending it on cleaning their bathroom. There's still. I think there still are some states where you're not allowed to pump your own gas. I and know. I know New Jersey is one. I think yes. Oregon is one. Or you, you I have to pay an attendant to pay, pump. Yeah, your and I I rem, it, This has been a while, but I remember being at one in uh, near Buffalo, New York, and I really struggled. I'm like, do I? Do I tip this person? What what do I do here? This is this is very disconcerting for me. I'm not comfortable in this situation at all. Yeah. So after that uh, sequence, you do get a little bit more of them in the car, and this uh, this is where Kimball reveals that he has a son. Uh, as I think O'Hara's, I think she's in the back seat laying down. Yeah. Well, before he talks about her son, she gives her wacky wacky list of things she ate that may or may not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I mean, I go ahead. I, I glossed over it because I didn't think it was that. Funny. My OCD. I have to read this list. So burrito. Maybe it caused it. Sausages could have been. Crab salad. Don't think so. And donuts couldn't have been. So what? that's her ranking of the likelihood of the things that made her sick. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think of those? Did it? Uh, I mean, she thinks she says she doesn't think it's the crab salad, but. I've got to think that's that got to be it. Anytime there's seafood involved, that's yes. got to be the prime suspect. I, yeah, shellfish. Come on, it's got to be. Although burrito, you know that that's you know depends on where that that's number two on the list. Was, was it? You know, I mean, the food trucks now are are real hip and clean and probably okay. But if she bought it off of a truck, you know, in 1990, that burrito could have been questionable. Also, where did she get all this food? Because they they had they're on a flight and they she didn't eat on the flight, right? So no. she must have eaten all of this before they left. <laughs> On the drive to the airport? Yeah. Or, or, or who knows what, when the you flight was. Yeah, but. you don't know how much time elapsed between when they get the ticket from their lieutenant and they actually fly out. It could be a day or so. That was qu- quite a full day of eating before she got on a plane. Like, yeah, it's her own fault. Well, she's kind of the opposite of Kyle Reese. You know, he just takes the day off and is like hanging out in a car, napping. She's out finding as much food as she can can find. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That she, she He talks about his son. Uh, he has a line here that I just found kind of perplexing where he goes, I have a son. He's 13. I remember when he was five. Okay. Congratulations. Like, what do you, why, why is he saying he remembers when he's five? I guess cause that's kindergarten age. Yeah. I, that, that's what I took it as, but it, it's kind of random. Um, and I think that's the line right before the, well, the, the ferret, the comes ferret appears. Yeah. So also he had this ferret on him with him on the plane. Yeah. I, I don't know how, he, first of all, I mean, do, do you know that? They're illegal as pets in California. Uh, I did read that trivia, I, but I think it said it wasn't 
illegal at the time, or is that not right? Oh, I don't know if it wasn't illegal at the time. I just know that they are now. It's it's actually a plot point uh, in season two, I think, of Silicon Valley. So I, I, I just laughed because I'm like, wow, I learned something in Silicon Valley that reminded me of Kindergarten Cop. I think because there's a trivia thing on IMDb, and I read this a week or two ago, so maybe I'm misremembering, but I think it said on IMDb trivia for this movie that... Arnold, as governor, passed that into law, really? make, making ferrets illegal, like, which is obviously very ironic. <laughs> that so, is extremely ironic. So I think based on that, I would say that it was not illegal at the time. But okay. He's a cop. He, you know, cops are always, every cop's doing, you know, they, all, they know all the laws. Like they're, they know they've how, got their one thing. They, they, they skirt the law. Skirt the law, and his pet ferret is one. Yeah. That's interesting, though, if, if Schwarzenegger signed that uh, into law when, when he was governor. That would be interesting. Interesting trivia, but I, like, why is why did he bring this ferret with? He like he didn't he couldn't find someone to feed it while he was out, and then like how did he get it on the plane without O'Hara noticing that she that he had to, you know, put it in the baggage or how he got it on the plane doesn't make any sense to me. I did take though is that because he really just is an obsessive cop. This is his like one soft spot and weakness, so sure. he wasn't going to leave it behind, even if he could find somebody to take care of it. Assuming that it wasn't illegal in California and he couldn't let anybody know about his secret illegal pet, right. um, that he just he needed his companion. You think he takes it wherever he goes? And yeah. he's like on a stakeout it's yes. with him? And I, I think when he went at the beginning of the movie, when he went to this uh, drug den, he, I don't know was in his pocket. I don't know about the drug den, but I think anytime he's going to be away for an extended period of time, so yes, on a stakeout, I think he's got the ferret with him. Or maybe that's why he told those people how to watch his cars because the ferret was in the car. Like, <laughs> he didn't actually care about the cars, like, protect my car. Uh, yes. My ferret's in there. My ferret's in there, and I don't want somebody, you know, carjacking my car and stealing my ferret. Uh, so there is one legitimately funny thing: is they're finally arriving after this long drive. He's uh, he's carrying O'Hara out of the back seat into the uh, into the hotel. Arnold is, I, I think it's German that he's cursing in. Yeah. I I legitimately I did laugh at his I, his frustration. I'm not sure if he's acting or if he legitimately is frustrated, but his swearing in German I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I, he, it's so rare that he speaks German in movies. I think yes. we, we we brought it up one time. Like, what movies does he speak German? I know th- there's one other movie that you haven't seen, so I'll say I'll, I'll keep it a mystery. But uh, I think this and that other one movie the only times I can think yeah. of where he speaks German. Yeah, no, and. Um, I had totally forgotten about that. I did not remember that. And I just, I, it, it did bring a smile to my face. Yeah. Well, my, like, did you translate what he says? Bit, I actually did. I, I know enough German still from my high school German class that I actually, because he goes, jetzt bin ich sauer. Ich bin sauer. Which just means now I'm really angry. Now, now I'm really pissed off. Jetzt bin ich sauer. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. I like it when he's speaking German. Yeah. So then uh, the next morning, you've got o- O'Hara. She she says she just needs a minute, but she still looks like death. Yeah, and he's already ready to go. Yes. He's not giving her the option. No, he's putting on a little aftershave. He's ready to go. Well, he shaved off his beard. We, we neglected to mention. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Arnold with a beard. You're <laughs> yeah, right. I totally forgot to mention that. Somehow we didn't bring it up. He's got this beard at the beginning. Yeah. So I do think they wanted that for the transition, right? When he, right. Because I, I can't think of too many times that Arnold has a beard. Uh, a little, little bit in collateral damage, right? right? <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah, that might be it. I can't think of too many. So he's gonna go and and take her place, and uh, she, she, he, he foolishly says, you know how how bad because she gives him the advice that he's still wearing his gun and that he right. he should take it off. And this I do think is a pretty pretty funny joke, at least to me, and I think it was scripted that. Take, he, take the gun. Yeah, that uh, you know he 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 asks how bad could they possibly be, and she, she just tells him no. On second thought, take the gun. See, I was expecting the movie. I thought it was going to be how bad could they be, and then cut to kindergarten chaos. You yes, know what I mean? Like, like, like 
climbing all over the walls, drawing. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the punchline. I think it's weird that he packed these clothes, like teaching clothes, basically. Like, I mean, maybe these are just his clothes, and he just picked the most like conservative ensemble. Yeah, he had or I, I, I didn't take it as that. I took it as that. You know, he thought that he would be doing interviews with the parents, meaning whoever O'Hara had identified as the candidates. So. I didn't think it was strange. I thought that he would have, you know, normal, like casual, semi-professional, not cop, you know, yeah, I mean, stakeout clothes. He's got like a corduroy sport coat or yeah. whatever, and it's like, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that uh, this tough cop John would Kimmel. wear. John Kimball, yeah. But yeah, maybe, maybe right. Maybe he's that, this is his I mean, this is This is a nice place where it snows and you want to raise your kids, so, you know, he needs That's to right. be approachable. Here in Astoria. Yeah, he needs to look respectable, I guess. Uh, yeah, so we get this, we're now in Astoria. We get all kinds of like establishing shots. A big anchor in the road. Yes, which I tried to find it on Google Maps. And I couldn't find it. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. So it, I I did have to look it up. I didn't realize it was actually filmed on location in Astoria. I don't know oh, anything about Astoria. Well, I re- I recognize Astoria just because the Goonies is set in Astoria. Oh, and- that's my my wife is a huge Goonies fan. I was not, so I. I didn't make the connection. That, yeah, I that mean, makes sense. There's that bridge. That bridge is very like you know recognizable. That yeah. you know you see it a bunch in this movie. You don't see it as much in Goonies. I think only once or twice. But like, yeah, I, that that bridge is recognizably Astoria. I mean, I, I only you know I'm not a huge fan of the Goonies either, but I've seen it enough. Enough that you recognize it. Yeah, but yeah, that that movie is shot on location there too. I mean, it looks it looks like a nice place. Like as it, far as like small towns go, it looks yeah. it, look, it looks uh, you know big enough that it's not like like country yes. country but yeah it seems like a nice a nice place i can see why movies would want to shoot there so you get then uh john sitting not in the principal's office but in you know i guess <laughs> right. right outside the principal's office yeah that, that's funny like yeah. I, this this point forward is when i started enjoying the movie yeah. for the next 20 so minutes because yeah he's sitting outside the office with all the other kids and uh, i think as i recall too on a really tiny chair as i remember yeah i mean i kind of wish they had got a wider shot because it's kind of a funny image of him yeah. sitting with these kids <laughs> but uh it's i mean it's funny either way yeah so he uh you get the introduction of penelope ann miller as joyce yep uh i don't think you get joyce right then but she's having a discussion with you know two kids that are there because they you know basically were both fighting with one another and, you know, un- one undermining the other and then the other basically punches. Well, more than undermining. There's all kinds of intrigue about hamster poisoning. Oh, you're right. I forgot about That's that. That's the crazy thing. Like, she comes by and she's like, I, you know, okay, I know I yelled at you for punching yeah. so-and-so, but I didn't realize that she had poisoned her mm-hmm. hamsters, and now I understand why you're upset. It's like, basically, she lets him off the hook because it's like, that other crime was so much worse. It's more <laughs> egregious of a crime. Like You're, some girl poisoned a hamster in school? Like a, That is pretty bad. Poisoned with what? <laughs> this is like an Agatha, Agatha Christie novel going on in the other classroom. <laughs> you, you need to know what's going on in the... I, I think she teaches third grade. You well, want to know what's going on in the third grade classroom. But literally every time... That, that stuck in my head so much. Every time we see her classroom, which we don't see a lot of it, but... You want to know... Like, who's, the, who's the hamster poisoner? <laughs> which one of those girls... I'm trying so to you want like another you want another lineup scene where you get <laughs> yeah, all the, all the you know five girls that are the usual suspects. But but Kimball hears that and you'd think his cop gene would I mean mine kicked in and was just like <laughs> a mystery. He'd want to start like interrogating. <laughs> I I need to talk to all the girls immediately. It's a serious crime. I was poisoning. Yes, I wouldn't want my ferret to be poisoned. I will solve this crime. That's a very good point. He's got his ferret. Oh my! You know what? 
he should be very concerned his, about his ferret being. His, his ferret could be in danger. I didn't make that connection. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> that ferret is in danger. There's some nefarious third grader that might poison his ferret. I mean, I guess it wasn't a mystery. We know. Who, I, I don't know heard the girl's name who poisoned the. Yeah. But he he's heard this and he knows he should have. There should have been a scene where he shakes her down. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's getting he's putting the uh, doing the the, the motion. I've I'm, got my eyes. I, I got my you. eyes on you. You better not try and poison my ferret. Uh, I'd say that should have been the sequel, but uh, there there was a sequel. Yes. So we, I don't think either one of us know anything about it. No, maybe that is in the sequel. Who knows? Maybe yeah, a whole hamster poison subplot. So then we get uh, eventually he's brought into the principal's office. Uh, Principal Slowski, I, be- I believe, is her name. Slowski. Slowski. Yeah, okay. I think I think it's a sh. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I may have just written it down wrong. But uh, yeah, Linda Hunt plays this principal, and uh, Linda Hunt's been in a lot of things. And I'm I'm. Uh, not all that familiar with her stuff, but she is in Silverado, which is one of my oh. favorite westerns. I so the one I had that I could never get her out of my head. And the movies, it's probably a couple years later. She's in uh, If Looks Could Kill, which was a parody of the James Bond franchise, starring Richard Greco. <gasps> oh my God, that's a movie that has, you've you've unearthed a memory. <laughs> Wow, I forgot about that movie. Uh, and it, I mean, I it was on either HBO something. It was on cable yeah. all the time. And oh, so yeah. I, I mean, I re- Michael Corbin. I mean, I seriously, I can't get these character names out of my head. I still remember <laughs> probably like ten scenes in that movie, including one of hers where she has like a necklace that turns into like a whip. Yes. Um, so I mean, I really remember if looks could kill. And in some ways, I will admit you- this to you. I'm thinking about going back and watching If Looks Could Kill I again. I was just going to say, you've doomed me to pay money to watch <laughs> If Looks Could Kill now, because now I have to see it again. I so, have to know whether that, what that movie is like now. Because, I mean, you're right. It was on HBO or something. Oh, just constantly. Constantly. Like, I don't know, probably around like, 1990, yeah. 1991, around this time. I, yeah, I don't remember when it came out, but whatever it would have been, the six months, whatever that window was that they got it, it was on all the time. And then disappeared from the face of the earth. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it since. You're right. But now, like you, I'm probably going to pay money to see if looks could kill do we have to do that now as a bonus episode we that we may but just for now <laughs> that's what i remember her from i i actually have not I seen mean, silverado so i didn't know her from that but if looks could kill is what i know her from now that you mention it yeah i remember her from that oh movie. she's distinct in it I, yeah i mean she's she's kind of like in a way like the female danny devito like a lot of movies just play off the fact that she's really short and yeah you know, this movie does it a little bit, but not a much. little bit. I, I think it was the contrast that she's in the power structure. She actually right. runs the show and is to a normal, you know, not massively muscular human being. She would still be small, but the contrast to Arnold is extremely stark. I mean, it might have just been for the scene that's coming up where he walks into the room and they're trying to, you know, sell that John Kimball's this giant man. So maybe it's just you know, like the image should be all like tiny, 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 tiny giant. Giant. Yeah. You know, you can't have something in the middle or it no. breaks the image. So. Actually, it's probably the reason why she was cast. Yeah, just because of her height. So but she's good. I, I, yeah. I like Linda Hunt. Yeah, and so she, you know, outlines that uh, she thought that uh, it was supposed to be uh, O'Hara and and not John Kimball. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't say the names, but uh, the, basically, I'm going to have my eye on you. That's what this entire scene is about. Well, mostly she's upset because Mrs. Hagley, who was yes. the previous kindergarten teacher, had to be you know chased away or replaced. What happened to Mrs. Hagley, do you think? I hope she didn't get fired, because, I, I mean, this entire investigation is only supposed to be... I, I took it as that she just went on a leave of absence, and she's going to be, you know, out for a couple of weeks. 
but in this movie, he becomes the permanent teacher. So this poor woman is out of luck. And Linda Hunt makes it clear she's a very good teacher. Yeah. This poor woman lost her job. Well, that's, I'm, that's the dark, dark underside of this movie. I guess you're right because heartwarming movies. This woman, you know, lost her job. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, you you got to think that the teachers' union would not allow that to happen. Too, I mean, there's a lot of things you have to suspend, right? Um, you know, he doesn't have a teaching certificate. Wh- whatever, I- I'm fine with some of them. But you're right; I hadn't thought about the two things that that the ferret was was in danger of poisoning, and that there is a poor, highly qualified, effective kindergarten teacher, 25 years of experience. Yes, she says. that's just out on the street. Maybe they just retired. The streets of Astoria are now nice streets to be out on the street on, <laughs> right. but she's out on the street. Maybe they just retired her. They basically said, like... Oh, early pension? Yeah, take, yeah, take your pension. You're, yeah. you're out of here. Yeah, you're out of here. Um, and then the scene seems like it's going to set up this animosity between the principal and him. Doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't really... I mean, no. they, they could have done a lot more with this. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't want to have that... Take up time. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it feels like a movie that, other than the violence at the end, like it's trying to avoid... like. It, you know, it's it's basically maybe it's because like they really wanted to have the nasty like element coming in like violating yeah, the school. From the outside. So they didn't yeah. want like a lot of conflict within the school. Maybe yeah. that's why. But that's it's, probably fair. I feel like they could have done more with the, the principal. Uh, so she quickly gets the uh, relatively quickly gets the class under control, which they're unruly, and uh, introduces Mister Kimball. Yep, and. Uh, they do the thing, not having kids, maybe I don't have insight into this, but I'm curious if, if you have any. Why do like little like kids in a classroom all go, when they say, good morning, Mr. Campbell? Uh, why are kids, why do, because they're not taught to do that, they just do it, right? I, I don't know. What's the reason for that? That's, a, that's an excellent question. I wish I was a child psychologist to know. So that's a thing I'd like to know if I'm, uh, right into the Twitter. At Bad Buns okay. Podcast. Right. Like, I, if anyone knows well, why. It's like, is if that you know why thing? or if you just have an idea why. Right. Well, I mean, if it's. Well, yeah. I mean, Speculation. <laughs> no, we need expertise. Yes. Yeah. Just if you. I mean, I'd like some theories because, I mean, really. Why? Is it a behavioral thing? Is it like burned into children's brains? Like, I always found that strange. And this, it happens in this movie. It's just like, I don't know why kids are like that. No, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it. Is it because of the Pledge of Allegiance, you think? Because like, maybe kids are taught to give the Pledge of Allegiance with that cadence. and they, like, is, It could maybe be. This doesn't, maybe this is not a phenomenon in other countries. I, just saw, I also wondered, I wondered, and I haven't asked, man, a lot of, I haven't asked my kids if they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I know there's announcements. I'm going to have to ask my kids. I don't know if they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I got to think they have to, right? I don't so, know. Did they do away with the Pledge of Allegiance I, in the last I, 20 years? I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I need to take a note and ask my kids. Uh, <laughs> If they do the Pledge of Allegiance at school, I'd be curious to know. So I just out of myself. To me. I've been out of my just out of myself that I'm a bad father that I don't know if my kids say the Pledge of Allegiance at school. That's just a detail you never even never even occurs. I, right, it never occurs to an adult. Like the Pledge of Allegiance does not enter an adult's brain ever. No. When's the last time you think you gave the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> you know, I the, at the we're bad Americans is really what it we're is. bad Americans. But I do know that at. Um, Park District Board meetings, they do the Pledge of Allegiance because I've had to attend them for the Homeowners Uh. Association that I'm um, a board member on once a year, and I know they do the Pledge of Allegiance there. So you you have more allegiance to America than I do. Apparently I haven't said the Pledge of Allegiance in 20 years. Uh, But I hope now— My allegiances are for sale. They're up for bidding. Come to me, other countries. The highest bidder. I have no allegiances. So the kids say good morning, and this is another uh, use of the soundboard, so please feel free to go get good morning. Yep, so let's do an order. So this is number four. Good morning. And then uh, he, he, I like that he's kind of awkward, and he just yes. kind of goes, Hi. 
<laughs> I like how he goes, good morning, hi. And then, how are you? How are you? Yep. There we go. There's number uh, six. But by, by the way, my notes in this just says, a bunch of Arnold Board quotes here. That's all it says. I mean, this is what the best, that's the best thing to come out of this movie. Is yes. the, there's so much fodder for the Arnold soundboard. Uh, and then the seventh one, I think there's a little bit more, and then I'm trying to find it. The soundboard is not laid out in the best way. Uh, because Whatever. It's first, I'd like to get to know you. That's yes. number seven. First, I can't find I'd it. just get to, like to get to know you. When I find it, I'll play it. And I'm pretty sure that one is the one that's used in the ULAC Discipline, where he says, I like discipline. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure he established a first, I just want to get to know you. Uh, it's not in greetings, whatever. Oh, there it is. First, I would like to just get to know you. <laughs> it's such a great line. <laughs> I, I, the way, too, that just the fact that he's saying this to a bunch of kindergartners, right. I like it. Like, like but, he's on a date. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know how to interact with these kids. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's treating them like adults, basically. Yeah. Sort of. And so this is where he wants. He, I like also too that Kimball thinks that in his first like three minutes in the classroom, he's going to be able to interrogate these kids. Right. And, he's and he's just there for answer. the information. Yes. He, he wants to get in and out as fast as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, this is you're right. This is within the, the 20 minutes you had that work. I think that this like works really well it from does. the character and from the comedy standpoint. That he's like so naive that, he, that he, and maybe it's because I have kids. But kids are almost never going to do what you want them to do, and right. certainly not strange kids that don't know you. Well, it's, 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 it's perfectly illustrated in the scene where it's like, okay, who was born in Astoria? And all the kids raise their hands. Yes. And, okay, who's born outside? Like, like in California. Somewhere like California. <laughs> and every kid raises their hand. Like, yes. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a perfect it's illustration perfect. of yeah. why he's going to have difficulty. Before that happens, though, I love the moment where he sits in the piano. Oh, <laughs> and the kids... I mean, ah! And the laughs are great. The and laughs are great, but his his like sarcastic. Ha, 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 ha. Quiet. Quiet. Yes, that is that. I I wish that was on the soundboard. I don't think it is, uh, but that is one of my favorite uh, lines. When I was going back and watching this, I had remembered it that he said, "Ha ha ha." Quiet. <laughs> I mean, that's really funny. Arnold's, uh, you know, he's he's good at, at comedy, but yeah. I think you know this this movie is not giving him the best material. But I think when he's just in the moment and reacting like that almost, I don't know if that was ad libbed, but he certainly added a lot to that line. Yes. Like just a line. Ha ha ha. Quiet is not funny. And it's, he's bring he's making it funny. His, his delivery does. And this is you, uh, the entire conversation does not go well. Cause he's asking questions and not getting the answers, but then he does get a good tip, which is that, Boys have a penis. <laughs> girls have a vagina. And the way the kid says vagina yeah. and so delivered is fantastic. Well, I'm, I'll bet that kid had never heard oh. of that. I mean, like, yes. someone had to coach him on how to yes. pronounce it. So, <laughs> so he's, yes, being very deliberate about vagina. Yeah. Uh, I like how that kid just, he, he declares it to every new person he meets. Yes. Like, that's just his, the first thing he says to every adult. Yeah. Meets. I mean, it, so later you get when, who is your daddy and what does he do? You get that his father is a, a gynecologist. And so that's right. the reason he knows it. But it is great that, that that's his, he's a one trick pony and that's what he goes to. He, he doesn't cheer for himself like the second, the second time he does it is, is so much better because he, you know, he says it to O'Hara and yes. then they cut back to the kid and he's just like, he's making like a yay motion. He's not, yeah. he's not yelling, but I, that, that kid is hilarious. Um, but yeah, this is where he asks who was born in Astoria, but he prefaces by saying... I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. <laughs> so that's number eight. That's so great. Uh, yeah, this is a nice resource. Maybe we You're right, keep using the sound. We're going to have to keep using it, but, but so much of it is from Kindergarten Cop, and it's, it's probably its 
greatest contribution to pop culture is being able to be used for this. I mean, part of the reason is just because this movie doesn't have a, a, as much music or like sound effects or explosions to cover yeah. up. So it's like these are all clean lines of dialogue they yeah. can use as uh, for for pranks. Uh, yep. So anyway, this is where he's asking the questions about who was born in Astoria, and then Emma yes. gets up. Emma's the best. Yeah, she's my favorite kid in this class. She is fantastic. Everything, every time she's on screen, she's either making me laugh or she's just charming. Like, uh, this is the cutest kid in this movie. A- Emma is certainly a wild card. I mean, you, <laughs> she I, is. I, I mean, because there's at least one instance where you can see that she's she's looking off screen to to get her prompt either from you know from her mom or whoever. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these kids, I, I don't think we're professional actors. They yeah, just, no, but so, but I guess. But you could just tell that I'm not sure that I, I think it's sometimes, and I didn't read this, but that Reitman might have just let her go, meaning that he he was just going to film her doing stuff of her trying and just kind of being Emma. I, I wonder yeah. how much it was her acting or just being a little kid. Well, I think he, my sense is that they just let all these kids a lot. Uh, the kids who didn't have like a part to play, excuse me, like they probably just let them all go, and she was just the most. She was the biggest character of the bunch. Like she, she was someone who was, like I'm sure a lot of these kids, like yeah, do whatever you want, and they just kind of sat quietly. And but Emma was going, or whatever that girl's real name was, just going. She like, was I'm gonna up. get up and do things. You yeah. know what I mean? So and it's fine. I don't know if you looked. I only noticed that there was one of the child actors that had a notable career, and it's the one. I'm, she doesn't have a ton of lines. Anita. I don't, I don't, I don't have the actress's name, but she's actually grown into, and she's like in her like mid twenties now. Yeah, it's funny you say that because on the Amazon, it didn't have any trivia, but it would show like the cast, and it would yeah. show like a picture, like a, their headshot or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, I noticed there was one, for one of the kids, it was an adult picture. Yeah, and it's got to be for Anita. She, yeah. she's been in um, uh, the TV show Banshee, which is on Cinemax, and, and a no, I, her career is kind of really starting to take off now. Um, but I, cu- it, I couldn't figure out which kid she was, though. I wasn't sure which girl. I couldn't I, pick her out. I mean, I won't say it for a hundred percent, but with the name An- Anita, and that's who I think it is. Is that I wondered if she? And it's hard to tell because I mean, it's a lot of time has gone by, and now she's in her mid twenties, and what you look like when you're five or six, and mid twenties is a lot different. Right. I wondered if she's the one who's speaking in Spanish. Spanish yeah. That, only because of the name Anita. So yeah. I, I, I'm not sure though. Probably. Yeah, cause she doesn't really. She doesn't. Pop out of a crowd like when no. when that scene when when the girl speaks Spanish I was like who's that girl I don't think I've even noticed seen her before like, no and, and you know so many of the other kids like Lowell who f- just constantly is obsessed with death yeah. uh, that's he's my second second favorite yeah kid, L- is Lowell that. is great I, I I partially like him because I I looked a lot like that kid when I was that age I, I, I can see that he 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 looked I mean if you look at a picture of me at five it's like I look just like that like kid. Lowell were you obsessed with death uh, no I had to grow into that I think okay. But, not at five. So, yeah, so what we have then is Emma really, really needs to go to the bathroom. She's having trouble with her overalls, and Detective John Kimball also cannot operate a pair of overalls. <laughs> yeah. I do like, I mean, you know, when's the last day? He doesn't have any experience with overalls. Yeah. So it's you know, very believable. It makes sense. So uh, he goes and asks uh, Joyce for help, and that is a, a big mistake to steal from last action hero <laughs> she has a line that i didn't i actually learned something here where she says kindergarten's like the ocean you don't want to turn your back on it i didn't know that was a thing or you shouldn't turn your back on the ocean but apparently it is i looked it up i was like oh that actually is apparently a, a real truism i i didn't know that it was a a phrase that people would use yeah it is but it made sense to me is that you know your stuff you know the tides could come and take all your stuff out right um I guess it would be too that you know if you get sucked into the undertow or something. There's a whole bunch. Of, oh, I guess I, it, and it makes sense. Yeah, it, it's not. 
I, I don't see anything positive happening of you ignoring the ocean. I guess so. It's just, you know, Midwesterners like us. It's not something that yeah. we have to concern ourselves with. No. So it's something I had never really thought it, about. It did seem strange to me, though, because I'm just... I, I've never heard anybody actually say it in a conversation. Right. I'm sure people probably do, and maybe you're right on the coast. Maybe it's more Yeah, it's an common. expression that I wasn't familiar with, yeah. but apparently it's an expression. But I will not, say... Not, not the kindergarten part. No. The part that you shouldn't turn your back on. The, the kindergarten part, you want to talk about mayhem. I mean, yeah, they see. really play it up. I mean, I just can't imagine any classroom getting that out of control that quickly. It's a lot but of fun. It, it is a lot of fun watching it, because it's... It's a scene. He's only been gone for like 45 seconds. Yes. But it is, I mean, mayhem is the only way to describe it. It starts off great because he, he, he looks in and he sees it. And his line. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you, you do it. You were about to do it. And he goes, <laughs> monsters. That's <laughs> great. I, I butchered the delivery, but the way he delivers that line, monsters. <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> yeah, so all kinds of stuff going on. I tried to write down all, all the chaos that's going on. I had hoped you got some of it. No, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. It, it was going by too fast, and I didn't want to look back. The one, all right, so the one <laughs> thing that I... Oh, go ahead. I do have a, a partial list. This isn't, this isn't comprehensive, but... Well, first of all, Kimball, when he comes in, there's just a girl with a basket doing really nothing wrong. This and is just, the part that I have. He just grabs them and tosses them down in anger and he goes, frustration. He just takes her the basket. What are you doing with this? And throws it. Yes. She was the one person, the one kid in this classroom who was not misbehaving. She I, was just I, holding a basket. I don't know if it made you laugh. As, I actually really laughed that that's who he singles out. Yeah. He grabs it and then just like tosses them down. He's no better than the kids. Yes, he, he really is no better. Um, so yeah, then this kid, a couple of kids painting on the chalkboard. Yep. Uh, the chalkboard, what was written on the chalkboard it was they may as well paint over it because it just said one grass, two sky, three apple, four, a red, b yellow, c blue, which I guess is supposed to match it up. But yeah, there's there's grass but no green. And just nothing matches <laughs> up. So yeah, paint up. That's bad. That's a bad lesson. Paint over it. Um, there's a bunch of kids like dumping flour on the floor. I don't know why there's cooking materials in this kindergarten. That seems like a recipe for literally a recipe for disaster. Only downside, no upside there. <laughs> yeah, Sylvester's looking up three girls' skirts who are just standing on a table, like stock still. Yes, like 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 The Shining or something. They're just standing there still on a table. Why are those girls up there? I don't know. They're just standing on a table. Uh, the penis vagina kid's playing piano with his feet. <laughs> the penis vagina. I don't. I didn't get his name. No, that's actually better. <laughs> He's an adult now, so I mean, I don't yes. feel as bad. Um, oh yeah, and then the principal comes by and peeks her head in, and she's not coming to the rescue. No, just a couple more days of this, and he'll quit. I think is what she yes. says. Um, she. I mean, it's only been like five minutes since she dropped him off, so he, she she comes right back to yeah. check on him. Well, she's probably heard the piano being played and just <laughs> yeah. just total mayhem. Yeah, maybe. And then my favorite part of this whole, my favorite shot, is the kid in the wagon. He getting pulled, <laughs> and he just ah, like he looks half like excited and half terrified. Terrified, <laughs> and they clip Arnold in like in the, the back of the, in the and he just goes down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> that kid is so funny. The look on that kid's face is so funny. <laughs> You're right, and I I had it that. I, I had the same thing. I wasn't sure if he was terrified because it seems <laughs> it's not clear. It's not clear. It seems like they're all having fun, but his facial expression looks yeah. like he's terrified. But that's what makes it so great is that, I mean, he's just, he really does look like, oh, I've gotten in over my head. Yes. You know, it's this like wagon the wagon is not the place to be. He's the guy in the prison break who yes. like, you know, oh, he's regretting that he's gotten involved. Like he shouldn't have gotten involved in this yes. chaos that's happening. Um, so, okay, so a couple of kids throwing water at each other at, at the industrial sink. Uh, and then this, then that's when he 
kick. rears up. Yes, and yells. Yeah. And I, so I have. Do you do you do you count this as an Arnold face? Because it's pretty close. It's like nine different faces. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, usually I would reserve it for like exertion or like. You know, he's lifting something or he's in pain or something. But, yeah, I mean, he's making such a crazy face. It's Arnold face. It, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's count it. I didn't actually write it down, but okay. you, I should have. Uh, but, man, this this shot looks like we were talking about the Total Recall, like puppet heads of Arnold. This shot looks like it's an animatronic Arnold head. He contorts his face and shut up. And he looks left and right and up and down. And his yep. face is shit. I mean, it's it's almost Jim Carrey esque in his like rubber like face. Like the mask days. It's, yeah, it's it's like cra- I mean it's a memorable shot for sure, but it's just crazy all the faces he's pulling. So uh, they they all start crying and he's no no and he just bolts. I like that he gets outside <laughs> and he yells again. And I for some reason I really laughed at his yell when he's outside. Yeah, all this is good. And yeah. this, this is what I'm saying. Like this section of the movie is great. Uh, but he 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 runs to his ferret. Yes. He, he flees to the comfort of his fares, and he brings it back in. And, uh, yeah, I, it's weird. I mean, I guess he doesn't need approval from the school, but it seems like a liability. I don't think the principal would be happy that he's just bringing a ferret no, in, un, so, unapproved. So they ask about, uh, what, so one kid I know asks, what's a ferret? And his response, this, this is a ferret. ferret yeah. He didn't really explain anything. He's a terrible teacher. I mean, he answered the question, but, yes, it's a, he's, he's begging the question for sure. Uh, and Lowell, who's obsessed with death, uh, <laughs> Immediately comes that uh, the ferret would could bite and that you'd get rabies and die. <laughs> right? No, he never bites. He never bites, which is not true. That's we right. find out later. Uh, he's never bitten him, I guess, as well. Matters. But this also is one. Uh, some somewhere in this ferret scene is where you get yeah from the soundboard. Oh, really? Yes, I have it. I don't have that one down. Yep. Uh, wait, is it is it th- is it this one? Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Okay. Somewhere in there is where you get the, yeah. Okay, well, make sure I add one at the end and count all our soundboards up. Okay, but there we go. We played it. So Uh, I do like that uh, he's just like one at a time, and then he immediately, like. Oh, he gets overrun. Yeah, he just gives up immediately on the rule he set. They they do a great job that he is a terrible teacher and has no control whatsoever and no consistency which is the worst with kids you can you have right. to be consistent he's already broken his own rule like yeah. he's he's doomed but yeah. no nah, not, not according to this movie i did notice that emma was still not back like i liked emma enough i'm just like oh emma's not back he should be more concerned <laughs> she got a fall- she's just hanging out in the bathroom she might have fallen in either fallen in or i can see emma where she's taking a bunch of paper towels and put them in the sinks Right. And like clogged she, it up and just turned on all the water and she's flooding the sink. She's got her own one man chaos going yeah, on in the going bathroom. Going on in the bathroom. Yeah, and the day is finally over. Uh, and I don't know if we get Dominic's name here yet, but Dominic is introduced and he decides to give John his performance evaluation. Yeah, he, he, he does not give him a satisfactory review. <laughs> I, I, it's a it's a pretty funny scene and it's actually like kind of cutting in a way. Like yeah. this kid just like. This person's not as good as you, and this person, and it has my second favorite line in this movie. Where he goes, "I appreciate your honesty." <laughs> it's really good, but uh, this movie, like he's he's really like John, John Kimball's. He he can't stand this kid. I mean, he doesn't know it's the kid he's looking for yeah. yet. Uh, this is the point where I'm going to bring up the music. All right. Oh, you, and you're going to rail on. This is dating back to uh, Twins, all the way back to I think episode three is when we did Twins. Yeah, just you really hate this composer yeah and uh i don't don't have it written down here this composer's name it's probably the best because i'm i can't stand this guy i can't remember his name right now but 
it's it's the Ghostbusters two score yeah. that it's that's the root of my hatred for this guy is yeah. he kind of took a relatively decent movie. I mean, there's a lot of Ghostbusters in you know in the culture right now. People right. going like. You know, there are some people who think this new movie is terrible. I haven't seen it. Have you seen I haven't it? seen it. So who knows if it's actually any good? But a lot of people thought it was terrible and ruined Ghostbusters. It's like no, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two already did that. Kind of ruined Ghostbusters. And yeah. also, this guy, this composer, was kind of to blame, in my opinion. So let's play this scene because I think I, this music is so like sickly sweet and like heartwarming, which is not what it should be. Like, John Kimball, is, he hates this kid. Yep. Well, probably not just this kid. All of them. All of them. What's supposed to mean? Especially right now. Hagrid's a lot better than you. Is she? But it's like, this isn't the point of the movie really? where he's, like, you know, charmed by the kid. My mom's a teacher in the school. What is this awful... She's a lot better than you, too. Great. It's just, it's just completely tone deaf with this scene. Or he's just Arnold's just glaring at this kid, and I mean, he he wants to smack this kid. But the music is saying the complete opposite. Yeah. Saying, oh, what a what a heartwarming scene. It's like no. Do you blame the composer though, or do you? Yes. <laughs> you couldn't even let me finish the thought. Finish yes. the thought, but the answer is yes. In a word, yes. Because he does that in every movie I've ever seen. He did it in Twins. He does it in Ghostbusters 2, like completely missing the point. Ghostbusters 2 has scenes that would, would be scary if it wasn't for the shitty music. I mean, really, I feel so strongly about this guy and how terrible. I cannot believe. <laughs> I can't tell. I cannot believe this guy made a yeah, career. Got work. And uh, ruined Ivan Reitman's movies. From Twins forward, he so does wanna, all the scores. He ruins them all. I was just going to say, I wonder why Ivan Reitman liked him. I don't know. He's, he's terrible. Anyway, I'll cut my criticism short. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to take over this podcast, but I, think, I don't know. I think he may he may have done the score for Junior. I don't know. So <laughs> prepare for well, that. If we, it's if, been if, so long. I don't remember that one. I, I did find, so it the actress's name is Odette Annabelle. Yes. And so she, I, and I'm looking here. I actually think I have it wrong. I don't think it's Anita. I think it's a, a, a different different one of the kids. But she's the only one that went on to actually have kind of a career I'm not going to say outside of this movie because as child actors, they might have done some other roles as kids, right. but nothing else as an adult. Yeah, I think this kid who plays Dominic was in the, was he in the Beethoven movies, I think I saw? Yes, uh, I believe so. I don't, know, I don't know if it was the first one. I don't know if it was all of them, but for some reason, I, I recall Beethoven's second for some reason he was in. I think I saw. Or they were in. Researching, yeah. Yeah, right, they. Um, yeah, but this is, he he goes back to the motel and does a scene. They're horrible. They're horrible. He is a broken man. <laughs> it is kind of it's 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 a funny scene. Like, it is pretty funny because he, he collapses like on the bed, but then O'Hara does the same thing too because she's not exactly a hundred percent yet herself. She's doing better, but yeah, yeah. they're both uh, struggling with their own, their various ailments. So then I think it's a fade to black, and then we open back up the next morning. He's he's headed back, and uh, Susan Ross makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Yeah, Susan Ross, one of the three mothers who are skeptical of John Kimball. But, yes. uh, uh, yeah, and she's the only single one, and she doesn't want... When she sees him... She goes, only oh. single one in that group of... of the three. Yeah, right, of the right. three. Because um, yeah. they make a point that a story... And I, I, do, I, I felt that that was, you know, very 1990s, that being a single parent, you know, would be a... Noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. noteworthy. I mean, today, yeah. I, if anything, the, it, there would be controversy that you would... Be that that would be offensive if you wrote something like that today. Uh, 
What, just the fact that she says it's the single ca- uh, single mother capital yeah. of America or whatever I, she says? I think that that just, sort of is like a commentary, like there's something, it, it's derogatory is how I take it. Yeah, I guess that's true. And so I, today there's just no way that would be done. But that line is delivered by a single mother, so maybe yeah. it's just that character's point of view. Or Could be. She, I, know. I don't know. Uh, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's definitely, it seems strange that it's... A thing that's commented on. I mean, it's only, I guess it's really only commented on because he's looking for a single mother for his case. Yeah. So it's relevant because of that. But you're right. Like the, the, the way they treat it is, seems strange from a modern point of view. So you got him then inside the classroom after uh, these women see what Mr. Kimball looks like and uh, Mr. Kimball is. Yeah. Well, Susan Ross in particular. Yes. Because, oh, she doesn't want to sit her, him to see her without her makeup. Yes. Uh, the other two can look like slobs. Well, they're allowed to look They're like married because they're, they're allowed to look like slobs. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of funny. I guess that's a scripted line that works more or less. Inside the classroom, we get uh, Sylvester's mom, played by Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, I think this is the thing that would be more uh, unacceptable today. This like kind of so- it's soft, but this it's sort of a gay panic scene where I'm concerned about Sylvester. He's playing with dolls. Yeah, and he goes, "Don't worry, he's looking up girls' skirts, so everything's okay." <laughs> what a weird. I mean, really, like that's boy at 1990. Yeah, that wouldn't fly today. No, not at all. The fact that like the the For, fact that he's looking up girl skirts is the thing that is a relief. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's I, so weird that that wouldn't be. So the fact that he, concerned about being gay would not fly today, and then just looking up girl skirts absolutely right would not fly. It's crazy that it's. A, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a comedy, so they're gonna play it for laughs, but. It's it's more of the fact that you don't have to worry. It's it, I think it's fine. I think it, they probably could still get away with the fact that there's a kid who wants to look up girls' skirts, you know, like as kind of a joke. Maybe. But the fact that, oh, thank goodness he's doing that, that means he's not gay. That's the part that they would never. Yeah, that, and they wouldn't. And that also that Kimball is like encouraging it that right. you know that it's that it's okay now all he's he's being complicit in the idea that like right. oh it's 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 a good thing that yeah. he's not gay definitely would not fly today I, but it's very soft and very like you know they don't they never say the word gay or never say anything like that it's all kind of you know talk they talk around it but it's that's the part i think the single mother part is not as much of an issue as this yeah i so what it what this does do for i guess the plot in the movie though is it establishes one of the potential candidates you right. know of a single mother so we get I don't know if we get Sylvester's mom's name. We probably do. I don't remember it. I don't either. We get it, but I didn't write it down. And with Kathy Moriarty, what's funny is, looking back, the only other thing, I know she had you know, a fairly accomplished career, but the only thing I ever remember her from is Raging Bull, which I think might have been her debut. That's right. She is the... Yeah, she's, she's Jake LaMotta's wife. Jake LaMotta's wife. And I mean, so, I didn't, I, I, that's like an iconic movie to me. I mean, Raging Bull is one that I watch many, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't make the connection, but yeah, I, I know what I'm thinking about. So I guess what do you remember Kathy Moriarty for? Anything? Nothing. I didn't, oh, okay. I wouldn't have thought. I didn't, she didn't, I didn't recognize her at all. Oh, okay. Well, well some actress, but no, yeah, now, now that you say that. Yeah, yeah. she's done, uh, she had done other things too, but I mean, Raging Bull is like the one thing that I knew Kathy Moriarty from. Yeah, you're, I mean, I, I can picture it now. So yeah, they do the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, and yes, then... so this, at least in 1990 in Astoria, children did read the Pledge of Allegiance like you and I did. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we get a leftover scene from the first day, which you know because he's wearing the clothes, his clothes from the first day. Yes. The, he knows that. The, the lunches? <laughs> yeah, that obviously planned for that to be in day one. They just snuck it in here and snuck hoped, it in. hoped you wouldn't notice. I, 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 really, I think it's really funny, and it also is another one of the, uh, the Arnold soundboard lines. Oh, you're right. I have that down. Stop! 
Stop it! Stop it! Uh, but no, I, are these your lunches? Are all of these your The fact that he asked the question, are all of these your lunches? You mean you're eating other people's lunch? I, the entire scene to me is funny. Yeah. The Stop kid, it! There you go. There it is. We'll have to play each one. The kid is really funny, too. I just, uh, he's yeah, got no, no lines. No lines. It's just a giant wad of food in his mouth. And he's just <laughs> nodding in either yes or no to Kimball. Yeah, the fact that like the, he picks up the kid, the kid spits all the food on his like shoes or whatever, and he just drops them. <laughs> yes. Uh, so after this, you then get to work. Today, we're going to play a fun game. Yes. It's called... Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> you hold on. Find I wasn't on top of it. Uh, Although before this, do you get the the not a tumor? I can't remember if it's before or after he says the game. That no, you're I think play. it's after. But okay, here we go. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> I don't think it's not a tumor is on here. It's not, but I think it's in this sequence though. Oh when, yeah, yeah, it's like, in the sequence. I thought yeah. you meant for the soundboard. No, it's it's not one that the soundboard used. <laughs> right. But I just couldn't remember if he tells him the name of the game first and then says that he has a headache or vice versa. I can't remember. Uh, it actually, it does. I'm not sure, but uh, you might be right. Maybe it, he, the tumor is first. So the tumor line is one that I re- I don't know if it was in the trailers or not, but that's the one that is a kid that I remembered. I mean, I really distinctly remember that line yeah. from seeing it in theaters. Did you say it was in the trailer? Or is that, sorry. I can't remember if it was in the trailer. It seems like one that it would have been. Yeah, it might have been. Usually when something like that sticks, it's because, because it's you saw it on TV so many times in the trailer. Yeah, but it probably was. Um, yeah, but the kid who's obsessed with death. Yeah, Lowell says, it might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. That's right, at all. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're playing Who's Your Daddy and What Does He Do? And we get this montage. Of There's like a montage. So what, jump cuts. Yes, yeah, so the one that I didn't realize, I didn't remember. Again, it's been a long time since I saw it. But one of the kids, I don't know who, she, she goes on a really long explanation but her dad is a banker, so I, I actually, being a banker, I'm like, oh, that's great. I wish my kids would have described it that way. I don't know what my kids would not. My kids are older than kindergarten age at this point. Right. Uh, first and going into first and third grade. But like Jonathan's the closest. I wondered if, if he would go on. She goes a long way. If people come and my dad gives them the money. And gives they, people money that don't have money. That and, don't have money. And then they do things with the money. And then they give it back to my dad or something to that effect. Right, yeah. I had a feeling. I was like, because... Since you're in banking, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's that's something that she did. A re- actually, for a kindergartner, that is a great explanation of what a banker does. So here's the thing about this montage: is I think a lot of these kids, the uh, the real kids, they just were telling what their real their, their parents. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just off the cuff because some of them feel very scripted. Yeah, you know, my mom says my our mom says our yeah. dad is a real sex machine. Yeah, I mean that's that's obviously scripted. A written joke, which I don't think is very funny, no, but whatever. terrible. Uh, but the the unscripted stuff, Emma. This is this is the thing that I mean. Her her response is so funny. <laughs> Emma's it. Uh, I mean, her, her dad works in computers, yep. and he's the boss of his own company, and he has a mustache and a beard. Mustache and a beard. And he doesn't have that much hair, and his head is so big that he can't wear any hats. <laughs> it's so good. It is. I mean, that's that's there's just no a way, real talking. Yeah, there's no way that that's scripted. Yeah, but the thing about this montage, it's weird that it like it like suddenly is like a documentary style where they're all like giving testimonials to the camera and like Arnold's not really saying anything. I think he does say like one during Emma's because hers is so long. Yeah, he's just like oh yeah or something. You know, he is taking notes, but you're right, he doesn't really say anything because I don't think he was. I don't think Arnold was there when they were shooting that stuff. They just oh, got to put a bunch of kids in front of the camera and it's like. Go. Yeah, it suddenly feels a little artificial. I don't mind it, but it doesn't feel... It just feels like... 
it's different. The the style is different than everything else. Like you can feel the presence of the camera there. Like it yeah. feels like a documentary film where they're just standing in front of a camera and talking. And talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the unscripted stuff is great. The you know scripted comedy, not you, you no. can tell the ones that are scripted and they're usually not that funny. Yeah, the, the only one that maybe works is as you've got the penis vagina kid because you get the establishment that his dad is a gynecologist and look at vaginas all day. Yeah, that one's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but that clearly is scripted and right. in there to justify why earlier on he knows the clinical terms for penis and vagina. Yeah, but the, the kid who's obsessed with death, uh, Lol. there's no explanation for that. It's, his dad is just a, a something. Like, or Drives something. a cab in New York. That's right. Yeah, well, that's right, because he's he's one of the kids who made So it. that's the only thing that I... I, I had, do you think his last name is Bickle and maybe he's Travis Bickle's son and that's why he's so obsessed with death? Maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe that was the, the gag. That was the best I had. No, I think Travis, well, the, that kid would have had to been born after like 78, whatever. Yeah, I guess died. you're right. The timeline doesn't really add up. Well, I mean, Travis Bickle is alive, so maybe he went on, uh, who knows. Um, but yeah, there's a kid in the back, Max Sullivan, who's not joining in. Yes. And I have, there are three possible explanations for why he's not joining in. He's a poo-poo head. He's a poo-poo face. Yes. He's a caca poo-poo. Yeah, so this is another thing that just in the time, I mean, that's a lot of bullying going on there, and that, that is not tolerated today. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, they're not bullying him to his face. They're bullying him, like, to the teacher, <laughs> yes. which is a little bit more indirect. But, yeah. I mean, Kimball does tell him, like, stop that or whatever. Um and then uh, the, the game of who is your daddy and what does it do is broken up by a fire drill. Yeah. <laughs> and, this is fun. I, I think it's a lot of... Do, do you love what I love, which is Kimball's literally... He's got like one kid <laughs> under an arm and another one. Like, by, Is it Emma? He might even have Emma. Uh, by, I'm not sure. He, he's got like by the back of the shirt and just <laughs> carrying one like a football under the arm <laughs> yeah. and the other just like a crane that he's carrying one out. Well, I, do, I also like the kid... Uh, I think it's the same kid who was in that... that uh, I can't remember which kid who was in the, 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 uh, the wagon who was yeah, the, terrified. The, the he ter- jumps up on, some kid jumps up onto a, a, a desk and goes, I'm on fire! I'm on fire! You're right, I think it is the same kid. I think it's the same kid. <laughs> I'm on fire! <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, this whole sequence is fun. Where they're just, he's just, it's a fire, get out! And he just, it's just uh, chaos. Uh, yeah, but I did give Kimmel credit that he leaves no man behind. He was going to carry him out if they weren't going out on their own. <laughs> well, but he's not doing a very good job like keeping a tally. <laughs> if, he, if he left a kid behind, I don't think he would have known about it. Luckily, it's just a drill, and the principal's out there. The kindergarten should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. Ter- Which, terrible, terrible time. They're the kindergarten class. Of course they're going to be the worst one. Yeah. Ki- it's kindergarten. Yeah. She's being very she, rough on them. She, she's just looking to try and get him to quit because he hasn't quit already. So then that's the end of that school day. And, what, from the- and that's the end of the comedy. <laughs> because the next day is when the whistle starts. So let's, we just, let's just plow through the rest of this movie and get it over with because there's nothing. Basically, the rest of this movie, I'm just, man, it falls apart. But let, sorry. You, you, you're right. I mean, you've gotten the best of the comedy and I think best of even the, we'll, we'll call it action because I like the stuff of hit the dirty parody. Yeah, it's fine. parody. Yeah. But you're right. From, from here on, there's, there's not a lot of good. It, it's mostly not good. This fire drill sequence is the last funny thing, in my opinion. Yeah, so what you, you have is that from who is your daddy and what does he do, it does get established that there's three potential kids that are yeah. Crisp's son. So is it, is it Dominic? It's the kid who looks up skirts. It's the kid who's obsessed with death. And it's Dominic, right? Those are the three? So I got Zach, is, Dominic, 
Okay. Is Zach the one? No. Zach Sullivan, he's the one who's being bullied. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Oh, no, you, you know no, what? He, I mean, he, he, he knows something's he, up with Zach, but he, he ends up not being right. a suspect you're because right. his father is Because around. his father, you're right. No, so it's, it's Lowell because his dad drives a cab in New York. Right. So his dad is gone. It's Dominic. And then it's... Um, the kid who looks up skirts. What was his name? Yes. Uh, Sylvester. Sylvester. So it's those three. You're right. Those I, three. I had Lowell and then I... I'm, I uh, not Lowell. I had Zach and then I realized, no, that's not right. It's that he knows something's up with Zach, but that it's not... Zach's mother's avoiding John, so that's why... Yes. He, he briefly wonders, but... Yeah. Eventually he finds out. Okay. So those are the three possible. And then now O'Hara is back up and running and... We're back to the running joke of her being hungry because she wants to go to a restaurant. She has a weird line where she, they're walking down the street and she goes, doesn't anybody eat around here? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? There's no restaurants on that street, so therefore nobody eats. Uh, on that street within where you, your line of sight. Yeah, they've been walking for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, it's a strange line of dialogue. It's a thing that only like, makes sense on the page. Yes. When you're in a real place saying that line, you'd think they'd be like, what? This, this, let's say something different. This doesn't work. Uh, yeah, so they find a restaurant and Joyce and Dominic happen to be there. Which is very convenient for the story. Yeah, this is another instance of t- movie convenience. It's fine. It's a small town. That's actually it didn't bother me that much. Uh, yeah. So the you do get that they they see Joyce and Dominic. So O'Hara changes her story, and that uh, he's instead of being husband and wife, they're uh, they're brother and sister, and she right. she. Busts out a, an, an accent, an Austrian accent, which, I, I, whatever, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was a decent accent, right. and she pulls it off. I do like this little moment where she decides to be his sister because she wants to set the two of them up. Like, yeah. That's why, right? She, yeah. The cover was that they were married, and then she, the last minute she, 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 she sees the, yeah. the way that Joyce is looking at him. Because she's making goo-goo eyes this whole movie. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the beginning, every single scene. So. Yeah. It's uh, nice of O'Hara. The, the only... The, the the only other went with the, the conversation between O'Hara and John. The only other thing that I think is funny is you can be the one who's reading stories about the bears who go shopping. I really do. I like that. Line. I said that previous line was my second favorite movie. The line that's my favorite line. I, I love the bears who go shopping. The bears that go shopping. So I assume he's talking about the Berenstain Bears, <laughs> right? Yeah, probably. Either that, or there's some other you know set of books that I don't know anything about that I want to know what those books are. Yeah. If, I mean, do the bears? Is that all they do? And they go to different types of stores. This book, they're going to the bakery. This book, they're going to the, you know, the electronics <laughs> right, store. Yeah. Is uh, that all they do? Different types of stores? You think it's, it's like a more specific kind of a book where it's only shopping? Or I, I just figured, he, I figured he probably just read one children's yes, book and, and just it, assumed that all children's all books children, are about bears, the bears who go shopping. No, that's, that was my favorite line of the movie. It's oh, yeah. such a perfect, like, it's, it's the only, it's the most well-written line of dialogue. Or it's, it's very observational yeah. like a, in a funny way. Yeah. The bears, they go shopping. But that, that was after the dinner. This, we get this whole yes. dinner scene where, I mean, he's making up a whole backstory of my mother was a teacher. He's just he's replacing. He's just replacing police with, yeah, teaching and makes up a backstory. Yeah. It fits with uh, Ursula being, uh, well, O'Hara's fake name is Ursula, his right. sister from Austria. You get that. And then at, after that dinner back at the hotel, O'Hara and Kimball are having the heart-to-heart, which is where the bears who go shopping line is, comes out. Yeah. And so then, effectively, she gives him the advice that he needs to take charge. That, that's really what it comes. No weakness. Yeah, and from this point forward, he's got everything under control. Yeah. Then police no- school. school. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they couldn't say police academy. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't want to confuse the they genre. They should just use the music and the whole, the whole bit. Right. 
So yeah, police, but police with school. police school, you do need to hit the the soundboard up again because there's a couple in the instructions of police school that are going to be there. Right. Okay. Wait, so wait, uh, let me get these in order. Uh, so the problem is, whatever. Yeah, come on, stop whining. I'm, I'm bailing on this just like I bailed on the body count dings at the first. Oh episode. man, I thought you were gonna finish this one because you also it. have you lack discipline. Yeah, I figured it would be under anger. Come on, stop whining. Oh, there it is. Stop whining. Okay, they didn't have come on. I was looking for come on. All right, and then yeah, we're find discipline for me. <laughs> See, it's just there's too much on here. I would have thought it'd be under anger. So These are I, categorized. <laughs> this is greetings, responses, anger, <laughs> statements, questions, police. <laughs> Those are our categories. Oh, and famous quotes. Whatever. Yeah, stop whining. Oh, wait. No. Stop whining, and then you kids are soft, you lack discipline. And then the third one is, I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. Yes. Which I believe is on, on this uh, soundboard. It is on there as well. Give us give give us a summary. I'll find these three. I gotta, I gotta like yeah, focus okay. in. Here we go. So while you find those we're, three, we're committed. Uh, we're committed to playing every single soundboard. Game. Yeah. So the uh, from from there, you then get a, a montage. Well, you get the establishment of the police whistle, and uh, Emma, Emma gets that she tries to be a princess. She doesn't want to be a, a, a deputy. She wants to be a princess. But yes. Kimball's having nothing to do with that. Yeah, and she goes, "All right." Yeah, even when she's like sad, she's charming. Like, yes. Emma's great. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to find this, so whatever. We're not gonna. We're not gonna su- succeed. Just as this movie does not succeed in being a comedy, we're not gonna succeed in playing all these soundboards. There, it's right there. Where? Left, all the way down left. Don't scroll it anymore. You lack discipline. There we go. <laughs> okay, but you're mine now. You belong to me. Still on the list. So you should do a control F. <laughs> I don't have my keyboard with me. Mine. You're mine now. Uh, is it under anger? No. Maybe that wasn't on the list. Maybe it that wasn't. one might not have been. Okay. Well, now my, now my count is even back out. I didn't realize, man. I'm glad you have this board up. I didn't realize under police that they have one of my all-time favorite lines from Last Action Hero. Just play it for me. Top one. Yes. Yes. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house? <laughs> I can't believe that one was on there. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, if you're going to do a prank call, that's oh. a pretty funny thing to have on the soundboard. Okay, so the the first instance of the whistle is they are to go and get one toy and bring it back to the carpet. To the carpet. To the carpet. Him saying carpet over and over is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Back to the carpet. The yes, carpet. Back, yes, back to the carpet. And then he's going to blow the whistle and they're going to bring it back. And he's very excited because it's, it's working. Yes, yes, it's working. Right. Uh, and then they cut to Dominic giving his approval. Yes. <laughs> Just the corniest shot. It is. It's like out of a Hallmark movie or something. It is. You're, that's perfect. A Hallmark movie is exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's so corny. It's bad. Uh, you know. And then so from, from that, you go to this entire like discipline <laughs> montage. I do have a note saying that's the shot where comedy dies. <laughs> so, <laughs> wanted to say it. <laughs> that, that's the point. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? So then from this, after the, the whistle works, you then have this entire discipline montage, which here's what I took from this. I love that later on they're going to establish that Kimball is this great kindergarten teacher, but everything you get, all it is is physical education. You yeah. never see him teaching them anything other than P.E. They'll be great at a triathlon, but they're not yes. going to be able to They're not going to be able to yeah, read or count or do anything to get to first grade other than they might be able to, like, you know, bench press or military press their their own weight. Yeah, I mean, this movie could have had like a satirical 
message in terms of like the it depicts kindergarten just as prison like yeah. it's just a place to house these kids you know until the school day's over yeah they're not learning anything like if, if this movie kind of had a point to make about that that would be one thing but you're right it's, just, it's well, all I, I, and i don't think he that's turns what, them into little minions yeah i but i don't think that's what kindergarten is i mean you know jonathan finished kindergarten and he can read so it's right. not just they you know well i'm not saying that's what it is yeah. i'm saying like if they were trying to depict it that way or whatever like you know i don't know um, but you're right, Although they're not it, learning anything. It, it does, the, the end of that montage is pretty funny with, with him playing the guitar in the, in the farmer's outfit is pretty funny. That's funny. I thought you were going to, I thought you meant the end of the montage where they're marching through the, the, the playground oh. and like kids are getting out of their way. Like he's basically turning them into all little, little dirty Harry's. Like yeah. he's got like his army there. <laughs> like he, he, he is running a, a, a platoon. I mean his platoon, the, all the bigger kids are getting out of the way of his platoon. They're like interrupting dodgeball and things. All yes. the kids are just like running, <laughs> fleeing from this. Let's army. get out of here. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. Old McDonald is also great. Emma, that, that's where Emma is doing her own thing, right? Oh yeah, you can't. You're, Emma is just dancing, and that's Dominic the, is plugging his ears. That's how. Oh, I didn't notice Dominic plugging his. Dominic ears. is plugging his ears. But that's how you know. That's how much. That's how charming Emma is. Where Arnold is in a farmer's outfit and a straw hat is the goofiest, funniest image. But your eye is still drawn to her dancing next. Oh yeah, to, she's just dancing up a storm. Uh, she's she is. She's great. I can't believe she didn't become like an actress or anything. Like it doesn't seem like it anyway. No. Well, like, it's hard with child had, actors. You just never know. I know, but like as a child, she had like natural charisma. You would have thought she would have like gone on to something. Been like a million commercials at the very least. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, is this where we get the milk? I've lost my place. Yeah, you get uh, Kimball explained because he he tells the kids that uh, he's divorced and he kind. Oh. Yeah. He kind of explains divorce during story time. <laughs> he almost shares too much. Like he stops himself. Yeah. And this, oh, this is another moment where Dominic just, he, he's like the self-appointed teacher's assistant where he yeah. gets up and sits next to him and is like, why don't you talk about it, Mr. Kimball, or whatever he yeah. says. Um, yeah, but eventually he's just like, you know what, I'm not going to talk about my divorce. <laughs> Go sit down. I'll read you a book. Yeah, so he reads the story and everyone falls asleep. And this is where everyone literally falls asleep, including right. John Kimball. Because you do, you have this uh, dream of, it turns out to be a dream that Crisp is outside and firing a weapon into the classroom. I guess it's just there to remind you that that, the, that subplot is there because it's kind of gotten ignored it, it, for a while. Yeah, it's been ignored. I was going to say, it's probably good to prompt to remember why he's there undercover, that it's not just, hey, we wanted to put Arnold Schwarzenegger as a tough police officer, you yeah. know, as this, kinder, as this cop uh, or this kindergarten teacher. So uh, yeah, Joyce wakes him up, and they have a little moment. They have a moment, and then you get to Kimball heading back to the hotel, and he sees another car. And this is <laughs> here we go. I completely forgot about this character. I mean, it's all like sub threes company. Yes. Like, get it? He's naked. Oh, yep. He's wearing a lady's nightgown. Oh, he's clumsy. It's- Coming knock on this door. <laughs> Did you just have John Ritter because of Colin? Maybe. Is that the reason? Coming knock on the door. Maybe that's why Three's Company is on my it's mind. It's so wacky. I mean, just so much of the scripted comedy in this movie is no. dead in the water. So this character in particular, the fa- is the fiance Henry, Henry the fiance, who's a chef. It's yeah. it's. Ba- I, mean, I don't. I don't blame the actor necessarily. I just. I don't think any of it. It's just a bad idea. I. I was really nasty in my notes. I forgot I wrote this, but I wrote John Kimball should be investigating the death of comedy itself. <laughs> I was getting real nasty in my notes. I totally forgot I wrote that. But anyway, <laughs> next day he's back at school. Yes. I got to stop being so critical because this movie isn't that bad, but it's just. Yeah. So right. the, only, the only thing I'll note just from this. So, yeah, he catches Henry and O'Hara in, in bed. I had 
They use both food and paper in their lovemaking. I'm not sure why, because there's just papers strewn about the bed. I didn't notice that. Yes, it's very, very strange. Newspapers? Not newspaper, no. It's like she was reading reports on the kids, but those were in the bed with them while she's eating, and I'm assuming there was some lovemaking going on. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice the paper. It's very strange. Uh, So, yeah, this is where I now have on my notes. The next day, Zach's mom gets caught by Kimball, and this is where I finally had my correction. That rules out you know Zach because you find out that no he he has yeah a um a father and there, there's a this is a pretty actual serious kind of subplot that's kind of glossed over when you really think about it yeah i think this movie should have handled this subject differently yeah i don't know how to handle this and integrate this subject matter into this particular movie but uh i did see there was some trivia on imdb that basically arnold had three conditions to do this movie which is interesting to f- I would have assumed this movie was written for him, but I saw there were some other, I forget who else was being considered, but his three conditions were one, there had to be a physical fitness theme, which explains why everything that he teaches these kids. That's all all, he teaches. All all he teaches explains that Two, It had to be directed by Ivan Reitman who had, was not attached at the time. He said, I'll only do it if Ivan Reitman directs. And three, he wanted to tackle, you know, domestic violence. Really? He, he, so the reason why this is in the movie is because Arnold thought it was an important issue and he wanted to make a movie Man. that addressed well, it. Well, I, I don't disagree with him and it was an important issue and I guess I commend him for wanting to bring attention to it, but yeah. the script, the way it handles it, it's terrible. It's, it's bolted on. You can tell it's bolted on. Yeah. Like this subplot, it, it exists completely separate from the plot and it's not, I mean, it's resolved in the sense that he punches out the guy in a, in a few scenes, but... After that, it's not really it's dropped. addressed, right? No, I mean, as, it, as if that's the solution. Like that's yeah. the thing that I find kind of no. It's a terrible answer to it because yeah. you're especially you're effectively showing the kids that the solution of violence is it, it, it's right. really bad. It's not handled well at all. I mean, it's it's it is the the kind of thing where it's unfortunate to get this point of view of it from Arnold, like. In particular, from Arnold, you you want something better than just punch the guy because that's what you would expect. You'd right. be like, oh, just meathead Arnold. His solution is to punch the guy. It's like because you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you need to handle this more deftly than just I'm going to punch the guy who's right. committing d- domestic violence. Like, yeah. and he's he, you know we're we're getting ahead of it. So when we get there, we may as well just talk about it now because this is where you know let's just get the discussion out of the way. But like w- later when he he does express remorse, like oh I shouldn't have punched him. And, uh, you know, I should, especially not in front of the kids. And the principal just gives him affirmation. Like, right. no, you did the right thing. How did yeah, that feel? And, like, she wished she could do it. Right. I, I, it, That's the thing. If, if the movie had a little more nuance, just like, well, he, he shouldn't have done that. You know, he did it. And he, he acted out of emotion. It, it can be understood, but... It, it, but not endorsed. Right, exactly. Yeah. At the, at the very least, there should have been a scene where that guy was taken away by the cops or something. Resolve it in a way that is not just he got right, punched. Through, through the proper authority. I, all, I mean, now it, it makes more sense that it, fe- I mean, it feels bolted on because it, it, it literally was bolted on. But and, just, and it comes from the right place. Like Arnold it, wanted, you know, it comes from a good place. They had good intentions. But. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, though, sometimes, you know, people can say really dumb, stupid things with good intention, right? It, it's not necessarily you're meaning... To send the wrong message or say the wrong thing, but you wind up doing it even though you have the best of intentions. Yeah. I mean, if he wanted to make a movie about that, he should have just done it. But yeah, this is where we just it establishes that... Uh, that there's abuse going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we then finally, you had a little bit, as we noted in the dream sequence, you finally get back and get back to California because you get Cindy and Mrs. Crisp 
uh, show up for about a second. Yeah, she's buying some drugs at some like outdoor market. Yeah. I, like, there's a pharmacy down the street, and so there's just a big sign that says "drugs." Which I guess yes. just to tell you that, like to tie it in. But she buys some drugs that Mama Crisp has. Uh, it's it's some bad stuff. Whatever right. it is, because uh, she wants to kill the only witness to the murder, and right. her son will go free. Yep, which she totally gets away with. Totally gets away with and is pretty another convenience. But again, uh, the action stuff, uh, it, I, I don't think it was well thought through. It was, I mean, I just don't think we needed the scene. Like if you just learn, oh, that girl OD'd. Like there didn't need to be like a murder plot involved. Like sure, she OD'd. Like right. that's not surprising. No. Just make it part of. The, just have it be a thing that happened. So you don't you don't need to see it. But so yeah, the scene's unnecessary. But yeah, John Kimball's got a date. He's yeah. going over to Joyce's house. Yeah, so Hera's really wanting to be the matchmaker. She's got uh, flowers and wine. I, I don't know, like, for, for the date for me, other than Kimball skulking around and trying to rummage through and pick, picking up some underwear, I, th- this and I, the entire date, it's just like, I had forgotten how long this yeah, sequence was. It's long. Yeah, and how much time it took up. This, this is definitely for me where I started to say, yeah, I'm going to have to, n- not necessarily apologize, but I'm going to have to admit at the opening that this movie is not what I remembered it to be. I mean, the rest of the movie is this. Yep. This is the, basically the beginning of a different movie yep. that has just begun. You know? like, it sets up all kinds of stuff that I don't even really understand why it's there. Like, it sets up the tower, and Dominic has these lasers that he's yes. like, one day I'm going to put a laser in that tower. And it's like, you know... I mean, later he tries to do it, and there's a little bit of danger. Like, oh, he's going to fall out of the tower. But, like, I don't really know what the point of any of it was other than just some false, you know, drama or tension. Like, yeah, I think, I think it was to create some tension, and that's, that's really it. But it's, like, it's, it's completely arbitrary. Like, oh, Dominic wants to put a laser in a tower, and that's why there's a whole, like, sequence where he might fall out of a tower. It's just, but it's not driven by the plot. It's just, like, a writer inserted, he's going to put a laser in a tower. Like, it's just, it's completely arbitrary. Yeah, it doesn't and, need to be there. No, and in this, I know that they they know each other from work. But Joyce, during this sequence, it admits a lot during this date as well. I mean, it's when Dominic is is gone and in bed. I assume in bed, yeah. not not climbing up the tower, like <laughs> sizing up where the lasers should go. Yeah. I'm assuming he's in bed. I mean, he, he does kind of draw it out of her. I like got first she's reluctant. She says, "Oh, Dominic's father's in France," and he he kind of. I mean, he. I think he. At this point, he already suspects that it's this is Crisp's ex-wife, but yeah. he. He eventually. He, he does kind of have to pull it out of her. It's yeah. Like, you know, I don't think it was that unbelievable that she would confide no, I, with him. I mean, she's like in love with him like immediately as soon as she meets him. So you know, I. I, I think like so many of the other single mo- mothers in Astoria, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's fine. The next day, uh, so that's really all I have on the date. The next day at work, this is again the, what you had already referenced. The Abe Lincoln, it, they're they're start they're practicing for it. This is more stuff. It's like, why is this in here? Yeah. So you O'Hara has information for because Kimball, you're right, is pretty convinced that Joyce. Yeah, at this point, he's dead set on it. Dead set that uh, Joyce is Crisp's ex-wife, but uh, from the information that she shared, O'Hara checks it out and says, "Nope, story checks out." You know, the house is. Rented, um, it's, you know, a friend's that effectively only uses it maybe a couple weeks of the year. Basically, all the information checks out. Yeah. And then there's a weird joke about, like, oh, you're going soft because he's, he expresses sympathy for somebody. Right. <laughs> so you're going soft. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, and then he enjoys have another scene where they just kind of, she's glad she told him all that stuff. And I, I guess the moment where the kids are kind of laughing, like giggling, like, he's like, I was just talking to the teacher. Yes. That's kind of funny. A little bit. 
but yeah, it seems like we're we're running out of steam. So we a little bit. So yeah, power through some of this stuff. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is this where he punches the guy? It goes right from. No. Uh, so yeah. So what you got? Well, 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 let's pick up steam. So what you got from the information from O'Hara is that nope, it all checks out. Then they try and again make it look like it's Sylvester's mom because she shows up with a bunch of prizes. For the the raffle that goes with that Abe Lincoln oh, kind of carnival, is that why that's there? As I, a red herring. I mean, I I took it as that that she's you know she's got all this money and she's just spending it. That's what I took it huh. as. There's a red herring. Boy, I did not. I, I don't think it's obvious, but that's, that's no. I think you're right. Yeah, I, just, I, just I just feel I just feel dumb right ma- now. Mainly because it's just so stark that it's like immediately after O'Hara gives him the information that. It, her sto- the Joyce's story checks out. That that's the only reason I th- I think that's the intention. I just thought the the joke was that Sylvester's mother was like some like aging starlet and she just doesn't know what's appropriate to bring to a raffle or something. But yeah, you, yeah, that might have been a red herring. I think you're right. So then then you have the moment out in the hall where all the kids are like, ooh, and he yeah. says, oh, I was just talking to the teacher. Yeah. And then this is when you then get Zach's mother is rushing in. And this is what we, we've already covered it, that right. he goes out and confronts um, because he, he previously had said that if Zach gets touched again, that he press charges and it's clear something's happening. And then that's when he runs out. And this entire then sequence does not play out the way that, that it should. No. And if he had pressed charges, I think after, after he punched the guy, if he had pressed charges, I think it would have been less of an issue. Yeah. The very least, if we just saw that guy, you know, was arrested. So what you have then is... Um, after after that kind of serious note, you then finally go back to California, and this is when we find out that Cindy Cindy is no longer with us. Yeah, so that's body count number two. Yep, number two. Um, I, I did, I don't know if you happen to notice, that uh, one of the police officers there, the Asian police officer, I recognize him from Falling Down, cause he, where he also plays a police officer. Who does he play in Falling Down? I'm trying to picture it. Oh, is he one of the guys in the office who like fills his, his desk with sand? Yep. Is he one of those guys? Okay. I sort of, well, it's been a long time. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe it. It's just, I can't picture it. And what you also have is that Chris, because based upon that, Chris now is able to get out of jail, which seems very convenient, but we'll just take I mean, it for what it's worth. I, she was the only witness, I guess. So th- now they're, the police are saying basically like, Chris's ex-wife, Joyce has to tell them where the money is or else she won't get immunity, which... We learn later that Crisp made all that money stuff up. So, like, the police have fallen for this rumor. It's basically, he just, he, you know, uh, Cullen Crisp put the word on the street saying, hey, there's $3 million. I want it back. Find, to try and find, find my ex-wife, and right. I'll give you a cut. So, and the police just fell, fell for this rumor, hook, line, and sinker? Like, they think there's you would th- uh, Detective John Kimball isn't a very good detective because I'm assuming he fell for it, too. I mean, they all just believe that this money is real. Maybe, maybe Joyce did, actually did take the money and she's lying to John. Well, here's the thing, too, though, is it, it, it really doesn't make sense that if Colin put this out there and everybody bought it, why was he so quick to then trust Danny at the beginning that Danny was giving him legitimate information when right. Colin has already established that he has no problem pulling out, putting out bogus information? It's a world where everyone just takes everything at face value. Yes. <laughs> no one, it never everyone, occurs to anybody that someone could lie to them. But they have to tell the truth. Um, so then from this, you then cut back to a story, and you have the school fair, which is the most elaborate school fair I have ever seen yeah, in my it, life. It really is. It has everything. It has music, it has a carousel, a bouncy house, it, yes. has, a, it has a depressed clown. <laughs> I miss the depressed clown. I love that. It's, it's, it's just, 
there's one of the shots it's like exciting stuff there's all kinds of fun and then just they cut to a clown just sitting on a bench just looking like staring into the distance he's got like a thousand yards there um yeah three-legged race and john and joyce have a moment where they fall down oh, oh, oh so yes it's cute together yeah they were way in the lead too i feel like they threw that race i suspicious they, i think i think john did because he wanted to fall down and have a good laugh he with could have joyce. done it after they crossed the finish line like, <laughs> they were way in the lead uh, but yeah, yeah, probably, probably. So then, uh, after you get through that, uh, the principal introduces John as, as a great kindergarten teacher. Which I well, they do the the Gettysburg Address first, right? The yes. class gives recites the address. Um, which yes. whatever. It's it's the most well attended like school recital in history. It's, yes, like, like the, the whole town. How whole town is there? Yeah. So then she introduces John, and I just I'm like, how can she be gushing about him? All she he's done is taught them how to say the Gettysburg Address and march. <laughs> well, she had this big speech prepared. Like, what if the Gettysburg Address had gone badly? Would she give a different speech? Like, well, you know, but, he's adequate. Yeah, uh, this feels like the end of the movie. This scene, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She gives this glowing speech, and it does kind of it feels relatively earned in terms of like you know the the sentiment of oh he's. We we think he's a good teacher, and we hope he stays. And there's like a long like Dolly yeah. on Arnold, and it feels like it should be the end of the movie. But there's but, all kinds of more stuff that's going to happen. It's it's at least like the culmination of his arc as yeah he's become a great teacher because it it is like a, a turning point where then it's it becomes hey we had this entire criminal subplot with Colin Chris we need to get this back in. Yeah, it, and that really is what the rest of the movie is. It it really does feel like a different movie. Yeah, I, the movie should the whole thing. Like, I almost don't think you need the Colin Chris crime stuff. I mean, you need a justification to have a cop teaching kindergarten, but yeah. it almost doesn't matter what it is. It's a, a distraction from the real appeal of this movie, which is Arnold interacting with these kids. Yes, I mean that. That's. I mean that's the reason the script is written. So I, it 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 feels like it doesn't add anything to the movie, and it just has it take up more screen time. That, yeah. All, you're right. All this stuff after this, it's just too long. Too long. Yeah. Unnecessary. So from that, you get uh, there. They, Colin is up in Astoria. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff. Like, they, they arrive in town, and he's going he's gonna to beat this guy up to get a the slot card thing. Yes. <laughs> She's in a pharmacy buying too much medicine. There's all these scenes. It's just like, it's not funny. It's not adding to the plot. <laughs> the we only, don't need to see all this. The only thing that I, I so I, I have a couple of things of that that I do want to just briefly mention is, it would be present-day Robert Redford, which is much older and wrinklier Robert Redford, is the pharmacist. I don't know if you noticed this, but that, but the, the pharmacist that she buys all the medicine from looks like present-day Robert Redford. Okay, I didn't notice that, but I mean... And, and then the you're things. right, the slot car thing is, I wanted to tell him, Cullen, I guarantee you, that kid is not going to care that much about that <laughs> slot car, man. Yeah, it, even in 1990? No, it's not... Slot car, they never stay on the track. That's true, yeah. I, they're garbage. They don't work. I, clearly, he is not a good father, cause, or he must not have been a very smart kid that had like real toys, because I, I immediately... Even as a kid, I think I remember saying, no, that gift is lame. Yeah, you, you know what? Now that I think about it, when from because I was thinking from a point of view of buying a gift to a kid, be right, they always suck. They, I mean, slot car tracks... That you go to that you know are are like you know a rented facility. Those slot cars, no, those are really cool because right. they stay on, they go really fast. But the ones, the plastic ones at home, they're garbage. <laughs> yeah. They never work. Well, also I think a kindergartner, like the, the, I think the whole point of a slot car is you want to keep it, you want to go fast but not too fast, because fast, then it just flies off. Whereas a kid that age is just going <laughs> to he's just going to hold the trigger <laughs> yeah. down. Car's going to fly off fly the track off all the time. He does it like two times. This thing's garbage, and he breaks it, and then that's it. Yeah. 
No, so it's... some poor guy in Astoria got beat up for a bad gift to begin with. Yeah. But uh, so John and Ursula, who is now back to O'Hara, they reveal who they really are. Yeah. And Joyce freaks out. You know, she's upset because he lied to her. But I'm like, you know, I guess eventually she comes around. But it seems like, it given seems... the circumstances, she's a little too upset. She's yeah. She over. I thought she overreacts, especially because look, they're they're police officers, and yes, they're trying to get information from her. But he's l- trying to tell her, no, we think you're in danger, and you, right. I, the, she does really overreact to this. I mean, I kind of get it in the sense that, like, it's like multiple things colliding. Like, A, she's finding out that she's she and Dominic are in danger. B, she's learning that John is not who she thought he was, and she, you know, had feelings for him, and like, all these things colliding to a point where she... If she reacted that way to either one of those things, it would be an overreaction, but I think everything combined, like, I, I, it is, it's borderline. So I'm, I'm relatively okay with it. She, she storms off. The one thing I do want to note is... She, they they really established that she uh, she didn't steal the money because she storms off in a geo tracker. I'm like, oh, that's not that's not a car that you want. <laughs> I did have that note also. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Geo tracker. Uh, yeah. So she runs home. She's gonna she's gonna run. Yeah. And then there's that scene with with Dominic climbing the tower, which yeah. he's John goes and grabs him and pulls him down. Yeah. Uh, just false tension. Doesn't really. There's no point to it because all this stuff. It's like you think this is building to the climax of the movie, and then they just go right back to school. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like oh. I was gonna say I I had forgotten. The, the the true ending to the movie a little bit and I was expecting something to happen in the house and or at the tower with Cullen yeah it's, it feels like that it's that's building where it, building building yeah. building and then she's like nope next day at school like, yeah. we're just right back to our daily lives and I'm not sure why because I think you could have had this same action sequence play out at the house and or the tower and and then still had kind of the post follow up of him in the hospital or whatever. But this entire thing with the fire and it it almost felt like it's like oh wait we established that they did a fire drill right so we we need to use that yeah I, they definitely wanted to pay off the fire drill fine I don't think you needed to though yeah I agree or it could have been something different or you could have paid it off in a different way like yeah. separate the fire from the the Cullen Crisp story or whatever I agree I mean it, it feels like it's building and it doesn't it just doesn't build anything no. So yeah, they're they're back at school, and uh, Cullen is gonna take a tour of the school with the principal. Yeah, I do like this reveal. I, I this I, they shouldn't have shown that Cullen was in town because they do this reveal like it's like a dun dun dun. Oh my god, it's Cullen Crisp. But we already knew he was in town. Like it's totally undermined by the previous scene where he beats the guy up for the slot car. <laughs> for the yeah. this should have been where we see. Oh my god, he's in that town. he's back. But yeah, it's yeah. So the principal gives him a tour, and. Uh, he takes him to the kindergarten. I, the one moment I do kind of like where they're they're crowning Dominic the king of Mount Kimball. Yes, it's kind of hard to hear because it. it's like quiet, but it's like he's, he's the king of Mount Kimball, Kimble. and then Arnold goes, Rah. "Yeah," and I, I think that works pretty well too because you know Cullen's looking from the outside. He thinks he's identified his. You know, he recognizes his son. Yeah, thinks O'Hare is the teacher, and it is pretty good that they've all piled up on Arnold, and then he sees you know his. Uh, who he thinks is obsessed with him and his <laughs> nemesis, Detective John Kimball. I mean, they they could have played this up a lot more where John John Kimball's become like a surrogate father for Dominic and yeah. how Cullen Crisp would be really upset about Resentful, that. Resentful, right. It never really comes up. There's like, no I don't think Cullen there. even really knows that he's becoming a surrogate father. Nope. So all those things, like the things that don't quite add up, is there's a lot of them. Uh, we did skip this stranger danger scene, but there's really not much to. I just I like the fact the kids are just like, is it okay to talk to kids? She's like, oh, it's okay to talk to kids. What about dogs? <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit. Kids and dogs are okay. Dogs are okay. You can talk to dogs. Uh, yeah. So this, this Colin starts a. He immediately sneaks off yes. and starts a fire. He, he goes to the library and starts a fire. Yeah, and this is another like he. 
the fire is going, that they are doing their fire drill stuff like perfectly. Yes. Uh, all the other classes are going crazy, and they're perfectly. No, nope, but his their his platoon, they know what to do. Yeah, until until Cullen shows up and grabs Dominic, and they'll go stranger like. They just learned. They, I was going to say they're very fast learners. Yeah, I mean it's easy when they just got the lesson like two seconds ago, so it's easy for them to remember the stranger. Yes. So uh, I have to somewhere in that kind of chaos that Kimball gets knocked down in a, like an hour thirty four, and I think there's more Arnold face when he gets knocked down. Does he get knocked down? Or I thought a kid gets knocked down, and doesn't he like try to scoop up a kid who? The, a kid gets knocked down first, but I think he then gets knocked down as well. Okay. Oh, he, that's right. He like runs into a teacher, yeah. right? He's trying to catch up to Dominic. Dominic gets away from him. He's like, Dominic, wait. And he, he yes. runs, in, yeah, runs right. into a teacher. He gets knocked down. I think he gets some Arnold face there. Okay. That's number two then. So number two. And then this is where Dominic gets taken. Yeah. And it runs upstairs, which we've never, I didn't even realize. I guess the outside, you can see there's two stories. Yeah, but, but you never do really never see it there. except for this. Uh, this but what I find interesting too is that I don't know if it's just time has gone by, but the sprinklers are just spraying everyone on the first floor. Second floor? Nope, nothing. I can't imagine that sprinklers are yeah. that smart that it's, oh, there's a little... Separate sp- system. Yeah, that, no, you'd think, no, we need to get water everywhere. Uh, yeah, so he's... Colin Crisp, is, he, he tells his father, et cetera. Yeah. Not much going on there. And then uh, John Kimball finds two kids making out. Yeah, which is kind of funny. I assume this is a K through 8, because yeah. like, those kids look pretty old, but... Uh, played by Jason Reitman. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, another appearance of Jason Reitman. You, so, good, so he either gets to dribble a basketball really just, poorly or make out with a girl. I was just going to say he got a big upgrade in this movie. <laughs> between Latin twins, he's just dribbling a basketball. This, this one, you know, I haven't gotten this kid some action in this movie. Uh, I, also, this puts Jason Reitman on the list of frequent co-stars with Arnold. So if we're going to update yeah. our, our, the availables, <laughs> if you want to listen to our pitch episode. Jason uh, Reitman can I'm be added. i Jason Reitman to That's the list. fair. Uh, so on the outside, O'Hara is trying to get into the building and the firemen are saying no. So she's running around and eventually <laughs> gets run over by Mrs. Crisp. Yeah. Why? I guess she saw that she had a gun. Yeah. She saw that, that, that's, that's the, the only, only reason. That's she... the only reason. It coincidence and weak. Yeah. It's pretty weak. Just, just why would she do that? So the, with the, the, ins- the yeah, and the locker ins- room, yeah, on the inside you get to the locker room. Joyce gets punched and is, uh, I assume, knocked unconscious from that. No, I think she's because when Kimball oh, yeah. comes in, she kind of looks up. And, she does look up. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Kimball shows up, and this is when Crisp effectively takes him as hostage because you know before he was just trying to yeah. What? Inform him he's his father and get him to willingly come with, and now he he effectively takes him hostage in a with a firearm. Yeah, I'm surprised John drops his. I, I, I never. I mean, this, I think this movie does show that, that Crisp does care for his son yeah. in a twisted way. Like you know, that's the one genuine like you know it's relationship. Reason, yeah, it's yeah. the only reason he's doing all this stuff is to right. get his son back. So like, I mean, I guess what could John do? Like he's a cop; he can't endanger a, right the life of a child, but. I don't know. I've, I've, John has no plan here. No. <laughs> He's saved by the ferret. Yes. Like, what is his plan? Whatever. The ferret that doesn't bite, but bites when it needs to. I mean, you can't, you can train a ferret to do certain things, but I don't think ferrets are smart enough to know that, like, it's There's not like danger. a dog. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to know that its owner is in danger. No, it's just, no. why is it biting, like, deliberately? It's clear that the movie is saying this ferret knows that it's what it's doing. And, yeah, it, it just, it, it was another 
setup that felt like they oh we need to have a payoff sort of like just having the the fire itself and the the fire drill yeah the ferret's the same thing is oh we have this ferret we need to have it have a payoff yeah i mean just because you just because there's a setup and a payoff doesn't mean it's satisfying Good. or yeah, yeah it's, it's but yeah so then to just kind of wrap things through is well, Kim, kimball shoots crisp so that's body number three just, yep. just to get that out of the way and uh he's he then gets did, does crisp get him in the leg i can't remember is it uh, like and the arm, I think, because he yes, that he fits. shoots him in the leg as the thing is as, as it's biting biting him. him, right? And so Kimball is in the locker room, kind of bleeding out when uh, Mrs. Crisp comes in with O'Hara's gun. Yep, and then O'Hara comes in shortly thereafter with a baseball bat. Well, I don't know if it was a Louisville Slugger or whatever. <laughs> she, she must have passed through like the equipment locker on the way in. Well, it's like, oh, I'll take I'm, this bat. They're in the locker room, so I mean that that no, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. The, the, he, he comes out in a stretcher. I thought there was a missed opportunity here where he, they, they put him in a stretcher. These kids are all watching him go, and he should have said, I'll be back. Yeah. He says, I'm back when he comes back. And I guess that's supposed to be like a subversion of I'll be back. Yeah. But it's like, it's, this, this might have been the first movie where he doesn't say I'll be back because there's a long stretch. Where he gets it in, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Does he say in Total Recall? I guess maybe not. No. Okay. So maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's earlier. So, but still, I wanted him to say I'll be back. Here. No, it is a missed opportunity. Um, also, I don't know. It seems like it, it didn't seem to me like there was enough concern from the kids. I, yeah, I, yeah. It I mean, seems like they should be. Re- I mean, really broken up. Or I mean, just saying him, something. Yeah, just, if him yelling "shut up" <laughs> has them in tears. Yeah, this teacher that they've grown to love, you'd think that they would, you know, kind of be hysterical. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, they do look a little scared and like. Like well, pensive more than anything. It's yeah. like they're not, yeah, but they're not showing any real emotion no. other than just kind of moderate, like concern. So you have Kimball in the hospital, and unfortunately, the fiance comes back. Yep, more Another slapstick, wacky scene with Henry Shoop. With Henry, but what Henry does create is the third and final. Arnold face because when he lands on Arnold, that is another Arnold face. Well, I was, I was slacking. I was not tracking Arnold face. Right. Well. It's maybe because it was a comedy. I just went like I just didn't. Even I'm not going to worry about it. So I, right. I've earned my keep. I got the Arnold face countdown yeah, for this, this one. one. Is for sure an Arnold no, face. Like, this is like classic Arnold face. Arnold face. Yeah. So yeah, I and guess then, that's true. It's worth it for that. So then that kind of wraps up O'Hara and Kimball, and then you just have to have the scene of the happy ending, which is him making out with Joyce in the kindergarten class. It, yeah, I mean, it's whatever standard happy ending. Although one detail I noticed that I never would have noticed in a million years if we weren't, if we weren't pur- pouring over these movies, he picks up Joyce, spins her around, and Sylvester, every, all the kids are cheering except for Sylvester, who is trying to look up Joyce's skirt as, oh, he, as he spins her. I miss that. It's, it's really like way background, but it's like, what an attention to detail. That well, is. I, I wonder if the director, if Ivan Reitman actually t- told the kid to do that. Or, or if the kid, kid knew <laughs> that this is my thing. It's <laughs> right. It's sort of like the little rascals, right? Uh, look, looking into the the, the hailpipe to get a bunch of soot in your face. This was Sylvester's thing. Looking up skirts. He's just like a method character actor. This, yes. this Sylvester's kid who plays Sylvester. That's a great catch by you. I did not catch that at all. It's, That's it's, fantastic. It's in the freeze frame because it freeze frames of her going like ah, and like look for Sylvester. He's he's like. <laughs> trying to like duck oh, down. That, that's perfect. It's a, yeah. I mean, I give the movie credit. Whoever, whether it was the kid or whether it was Ivan Reitman, nice no, attention to detail. That's now, sure. now I'm going to have in my head, and I'm, I don't know if I'll watch Kindergarten Cop again, but now I'm going to have in my head Patrick Stewart. I've seen everything. I've seen it all with Sylvester. It's not what I'm going to think at the end of the movie. He grew up to write that screenplay <laughs> for, for, for Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. He gave him the idea. 
Uh, yeah, that's Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. I, it, it's unsurprisingly this podcast really became a slog in the second half yeah. like i'm I, i'm sure it's I'm it'll sure be people noticeable. listening could yeah. hear no there's we're a, just uh we're, we're no and there's a slog it in a lot of way probably if i had to sum it up in a word um disappointing i mean i, I think yeah it, it's not that it's bad but it's not what i remembered and so that was a disappointment to me and yeah. so i i think what i'll take from it is that the the best stuff you highlighted is in really that that one section, and that probably the best is that it gave so much to this soundboard is probably it, its legacy to me now. Yeah, no, no really? question. I mean, it it, it really is uh, like the the amount of fodder that it had for this soundboard. It's it's incredible. Like probably fifty percent of this soundboard, or it's, like forty yeah, percent from Kindergarten Cop. But so, you know, so what some, I, go ahead. what what I don't want to take away from it though is that it it's it was. Very successful. I already covered this on Total Recall, so I'm not going to go back through it. But, I mean, it was the 10th highest grossing movie of 1990 and a couple hundred million dollars or a hundred and some odd million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, it was successful. And I, there might have been some before it, but this is the first one I remember of taking, you know, like the action star and kind of breaking the mold in terms of putting them in the comedy situation. So, I'm glad I, that it exists, but it just it isn't. As good as that, I what I remembered, and that's a disappointment. I mean, they they had already sort of done that with twins. Like this, this isn't his first foray into breaking the mold. I mean, that was breaking the mold for him. It it was, but I I guess it's you know because I remember some bad ones like stop or my mom will shoot. Right. Yeah, uh, it, it's the kind of where it has sort of an action theme to because oh, twins I, definitely doesn't. I see what you're saying. It's yeah. it's taking taking the action hero and. Like putting a comedic spin on yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because, look, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he's had a few of them. So yeah. I, 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 I give it credit for what it is. It's just that I remembered it to be a lot better than it really is. It certainly is not as bad as Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. So. No, that's a disaster. I mean, we've been very critical, but this is not a terrible movie. It's no. just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's the show. Yeah, so it, it is, but just to... to finish things out, you yep. don't have a pick because we're getting to the end of the season, so Terminator 2 is, yep. is what has to be the, the next movie, which I, I'm very much looking forward to because that's not going to be a disappointment. Uh, I hope not. No. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I haven't watched it in a while, so I, I'm hoping it holds up. I, I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah. I, have, I have a lot of confidence that it will. Uh, but yeah, this next episode is our last episode of this season, so as always, we'll end on Terminator. So Terminator 2 is the next on the list. So, uh, th- so the only things that we have, we do have a couple things. We've got some housekeeping. You've got to have the pun count, which is zero. Uh, to my, must, yep. I don't think I missed any body count. Body count of three, and then just for this one, the soundboard count. Do you do you have it? <laughs> what was it? I forgot to get a count. Okay, so we ended up even. My count was even because I missed one, and then I had one too many. Right. Yes. So I think you wound up on the right number. I think it was eleven. Wow, that's right. a lot. No, thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. That is a lot. That's fantastic. Yep. So, yeah, so to tune in when we discuss Terminator 2. I'm looking forward to it. So you can uh, reach out to us uh, at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. And uh, our email is questions at bpamg.com. Yes, and please remember to like us on your podcast app of choice. And uh, maybe the most important job I have is letting you know the rule in a crisis situation. Yes. So we've had many rules. The rule that I learned from Kindergarten Cop is always search your opponent for any type of weapons. This could be an animal, or it could be knives and stabbing weapons. 
Because you never know when a ferret, which has been outlawed in the state of California, can be used as a weapon. Does someone have knives in this movie? Did I f- no. forget? Oh, okay. I, that saying, would just be your standard weapon. A, Kindergarten cop happens to have ferrets. A as, ferret is a unique weapon, yes, but you still you want to check You want to check them for any sort of knives, stabbing weapons, or ferrets. Okay, so that's, that's a pretty good rule. So yes. we'll see you next time. We'll be back with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Goodbye. <laughs> I stepped on Judgment Day. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to say Judgment Day. How are you? Good. First, I would like to just get to know you. Get to know me? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) You son of a bitch. What? Stop whining. Stop whining? Yeah. I'm not whining. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm someone that works at this restaurant. (laughs) You lack discipline. What? You lack discipline. Do I like discipline? Yes. You need to call a different line. This is Hooters. You don't call here talking like that, all right? But I'd like to get to know you. Yes, I would. But I'd like to get to know you. If I could. But I'd like to get to know you. Finally, I found searching all around. Just was not the answer. What I thought was true looked a bit like you. I figured I might chance her.